Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. From Martinsville, Virginia, this is the Motor Racing Network. With the broadcast of the Virginia 500 NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car Race. Host for today's Virginia 500 broadcast is Ken Squire. And hello, everyone, from Martinsville, Virginia. On a lovely spring day, the largest crowd in Martinsville history is gathering for the running of this Virginia 500. A very special race always. Each race on the 30-race Winston Cup Grand National Tour is special for some reason. But perhaps because that this is sort of a picnic hamper race, the 500 laps on a half-mile track, and it is a trek back to the old tracks, to the origins of stock car racing, that this is so very, very special. Special because it pays over $110,000 today in purse for these Winston Cup Grand National drivers. And that's some kind of purse on a half-mile track. But perhaps most special today because on the pole for the first time in what they call recorded history here, they have a Virginian. Car number 54 being driven by Lenny Pond. A Virginia driver is sitting square on the front line. In the history of this race, only one Virginia driver has come out on top. That was Joe Weatherly back in 1961 when he won the other half of the 500-lap races run here each year. No driver on the Winston Cup Tour this year has come to win from the pole in the eight previous events. Not Allison, who started way back in 33rd at Daytona in that great charge, nor the efforts of Waltrip or uh, Benny Parsons this year or Cale Yarborough out at Riverside. The question is, will the jinx break today? And will a Virginian win for the first time in a scat of years? And will this race today see the pole position winner end up in first place when it's all over? Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Covering the action with us today will be Barney Hall. Ned Jarrett will be in the pits. We'll be going to him shortly. Jack Root is with me today. Later on today, Jack will be taking you throughout the world of motor racing and various activities today, including over to Brands Hatch, England, where the 750 World Motorcycle Championships are underway. And, of course, Kenny Roberts trying to win there. He'll be taking a look at short tracks. And, and Trenton is running today. The United States Auto Club has Tommy Sneva on the pole. And what else is brewing today, Jack? 
Ken will be covering the sprint car races at Williams Grove in Reading, Pennsylvania, as well as the modified results from right here in Martinsville yesterday. So stay with us all afternoon, and we'll keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of motorsports. And right now, let's tell you about this exciting starting lineup for today's running of the 23rd Annual Virginia 500. In the 30th position is car number 74, Bobby Wolak from Illinois in a Chevrolet. Starting 29th is John Kennedy, also from Villa Park, Illinois. He in a Ford. Moving to the 28th position, it's Ronnie Thomas, the son of Jabe Thomas, a rookie from Christiansburg, Virginia, car number 25 in the Lewis Smith Chevrolet. In the Louise Smith Chevrolet. In the 25th starting position is car number 17 from Ferguson, North Carolina, Roger Hamby, the Hamby Ellis car. Then 26 is car number 19 from Watertown, New York, Dick May in the Belden Asphalt Chevrolet. 25th is Ed Negree from out in Kelso, Washington, car number 8, a Dodge Automobile. The 24th position is car number 79, Frank Warren of Harrisburg, North Carolina in the native tan Dodge. 23rd, car number 4, Gary Myers of Walnut Cove, North Carolina, the Spencer Babywear Chevrolet. Then moving to 22nd position today, it's car number 30, and Walter Ballard has been assigned the starting position. I think we'll see Ty Scott in the car a bit later. Ty was in an end-over-end nine-time crash at Syracuse, New York, in modified racing just a week ago, and he's still in a comeback from pinched nerve in the back of his neck. He arrived here late. He is here and expected to see duty this afternoon. Ballard out of Houston, Texas, to start the Scotty's Fashion Chevrolet. 21st is car number three, Richard Childress, the Kansas Jack Oldsmobile out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He was the fastest in the second day of qualifying. The 20th position is car number 52, Jimmy Smut-Means of Huntsville, Alabama, in his Chevrolet. Then 19th is number 45, Baxter Price of Monroe, North Carolina, the Price Chevrolet. 18th is the Transmissions Unlimited Chevrolet from Forest City, North Carolina, Cecil Gordon. And starting 17th today is number 64, Alma Langley qualified the car as he sometimes does on half mile tracks and has the starting assignment in the Sonny King Honda Ford. We may see Tommy Gale in there later today. The 16th position is car number 67. Buddy Arrington is doing an outstanding job in the point standings thus far this year for the Winston Cup Tour. The local driver from here in Martinsville in the Reed's trailer Dodge Magnum. Then in 15th position is car number 48, James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina in the Denby Plumbing Chevrolet. 14th is car number 92, Skip Manning of Bogalusa, Louisiana, the Stratograph Chevy. 13th is Chuck Bound of Portland, Oregon, bound for big things, they say, in the world of Grand National Racing. Car number 77, that's the Johnny Ray car out of Alabama, bound of Portland, Oregon, and this will be probably his only appearance on a half-mile track this year. The rest of his races will be on supers. In the 12th position is car number 90, Richard Brooks, Porterville, California, in the Trucksmore Industries Ford, prepared by Junior Don Levy. Then in 11th position is car number 40, D.K. Ulrich, in his Chevrolet automobile. And completing the starting lineup for today's race, starting in the 10th position, outside of the fifth row is car number 70, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, the Bailey Excavating Chevy. Then in 9th is car number 15, the Bud Moore car, the Thunderbird with Bobby Allison of Hueytown, Alabama at the controls of the Norris Industries car. In the eighth position is car number 21 and one of his rare performances on a half-mile track, the 1973 winner of this event of the Purolator Mercury, David Pearson. Starting seventh is car number 43, hoping to change things here today. An eight-time winner here, but a long time without a win in the 1977-78 NASCAR campaign. Richard Petty in the STP Dodge will start seventh. 
Then starting six is car number two, Dave Marcus, currently number two in the national standings, Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, in the Shoney Chevrolet, the Osterlin car from California. Going fifth is Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama, who turned out some cracking laps in practice, then fell back to fifth when they actually ran against the clock. He and the Armoral Dodge of Jim Stacy prepared by Harry Hyde. Starting fourth is car number 72 from Ellaby, North Carolina. Benny Parsons in the first National City Traveler's Check Chevy, the number one driver in the nation at this time, and it's going to be a wild dogfight right down to Ontario, California, again this year to decide the national championship. Starting third is car number 88, fresh from victory when they uh, ran the cars in North Wilkesboro, Darrell Waltrip. The 1976 winner of this event, he won his first Grand National race here. Waltrip at the Gatorade Chevrolet with crew chief Buddy Parrott qualified third. Moving to the front row, a three-time winner is outside of the front row. Car number 11, Cale Yarborough, Timminsville, South Carolina. The junior Johnson prepared car, which is the machine that carried him to the national championship a year ago. Now with the Oldsmobile sheet metal aboard. In the first position, and here it is, Herb Nav prepared the win automobile for Chester, Virginia's Lenny Pond, and he qualified just under the track record at 88.730 miles per hour. Jack Lenny, were you surprised at winning the pole position? Yeah, I didn't think we'd run quite as quick as we did, and I was really concerned to Neil. I think Neil, if he'd have got a good lap, he could have got it a little quicker than we did, and, you know, he, I think he just probably went in a little bit too hard and slipped a little, and that's just what cost him. It is a half-mile track. They say it is half-mile straightaways, but quarter-mile track turns here. Very difficult. The issue is always the brakes upon this racetrack. Not the brakes in traffic so much as the brakes that you shower onto as you come into these corners hard. And it's the application of the brakes and how you use them that's going to make the difference today. Right, Ned Jarrett? Very soaked, Ken. Uh, a lot of the cars will be geared much lower today than they would normally run on a half-mile track so that they can help their brake situation. In other words, use the engine to slow the cars down as they go into these turns because they go down to straightaways at over 120 miles an hour here and have to slow down to about 50 in the turn. So that's quite a bit different. And then, of course, with the low gear, they're able to accelerate off the turn. Benny Parsons, of course, leading the Winston Cup point standings right now, is uh, gambling a little bit today. He's running a lower gear. He said he'd be turning about 7,700 RPMs. Normally, they don't like to turn over about 7,300, but he said to be competitive, we felt that we had to do that. He said we might give up some endurance, but he said we want to try to win the race. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. 30 automobiles getting set for the start here. The separation of the field between first and 30th position is one and four-tenth seconds. That's the difference between Lenny Pond in the pole and Bobby Wolwak of Villa Park, Illinois, starting 30th here in this 23rd annual $111,000 event. Crowd is all coming to their feet, and it's a marvelous crowd out here at this beautiful racing track. The picnic campers have been put away in the infield, and we're just about set for the start of this 23rd annual Virginia 500. Barney Hall in that critical turn one and two area. He's about to get the cars. They move into the third turn. The Tampa Bay Buccaneer colors on car number 54 of Lenny Pond now gracing turn number three. And the livery of Junior Johnson's car number 11, that beautiful orange-white 
red and blue automobile that kind of fits together neatly, comes out on the outside in the field. The pace car is coming in. The field comes down for a start. And it is Lenny Pond out in front into turn one. Pond got through the gears a lot quicker than anybody can. He jumps out to a one-car length lead on Cale Yarbrough as they exit turn two. It'll be Lenny out front, Cale riding second, and the dice going off the third spot right now as they hit back to turn three. In turn three, Lenny Pond stays down low. Cale moves inside. Here is Darrell Waltrip trying to move beneath Benny Parsons for third. Riding in the fifth position is Neil Bonnet, and in sixth is car number 21, Richard, or rather David Pearson. Spring out single file, back in one and two, and that's the way they'll run in the early laps of the race, perhaps about ten laps. The tires will get warmed up, and then they'll start feeling each other out. They're back in three, still single file. A tough break for Johnny Ray on the first lap, Ken. He went from his starting position all the way to the back after spinning into the grass in turn one. So that car being driven by Chuck Bound, the Johnny Ray automobile, is way back on the tail end now, fighting it out with car number 74, Bobby Wolwak. The Johnny Ray car, driven by Chuck Bound, spinning, getting it gathered back up and continuing. It's Lenny Pond first, Cale Yarborough second, riding third. It's car number 72, Benny Parsons. Fourth is Waltrip. Fifth, Neil Bonnet. Sixth, Pearson. Seventh, Petty. Eighth, Bobby Allison. Ninth, J.D. McDuffie. And tenth is car number 90, Richard Brooks, picking up two positions from 12th with 10 of 500 laps complete here at Martinsville, Virginia. Oh, trouble in turn number two. Darrell Walter tags the car out, got it out of shape, but he puts it back in line. He goes down the back chute, but it cost him a couple of positions. Indeed it did. Here are the standings as we come around to complete 11. It's Bonnet in first, Cale Yarborough second, Parsons in third. In fourth is car number 88, Waltrip. In fifth is Bonnet. In sixth spot is the car number 21 of David Pearson. Pearson is running in sixth. Then running in seventh is Richard Petty in eighth. Eighth is Bobby Allison. Running in the ninth position is number 70, J.D. McDuffie. In tenth position is Richard Brooks. Holding on in eleventh position is D.K. Ulrich. In twelfth is Skip Manning, number 92. And back to thirteenth goes car number two, which is the Dave Marcus Osterlin car. In the fourteenth position is car number three, Richard Brooks. And in the fifteenth position is number 52, Roger Hamby. While in sixteenth position right now is Cecil Gordon and then Ronnie Thomas runs in 17. That's with 13 laps complete. Here's Bobby Allison trying to move the Norris Industries Thunderbird beneath the STP Dodge as they continue to dice for seventh position going into turn number one. It's a half-mile track. It's well over 30,000 people here on a lovely, warm Virginia day. And as we watch the battle out of turn number four, we see Pond still in first by one car length over Cale Yarborough as they move to Barney Hall at turn one. Well, Cale's pulled up on him a couple of times, Ken, as though he wanted to get around. Yarborough will try to wait him out, but if there's any way he can get the car out front, he'll take it because Cale likes to lead. Lenny wants part of the lap money here this afternoon. He's very optimistic about the car being able to lead a great number of laps. He said if it was comfortable, that's where he'd keep it, and that's what Pond's doing right now. The first car to be ailing is car number four. Gary Myers has pitted, and now he's running very slowly around the track, back down into turn number one at a very leisurely clip, hardly moving at all, and he'll be pitting once again. Meanwhile, the leadership battle is still the Virginian Lenny Pond trying to break the all-season long James Kamasa Polar win. He comes out of turn high in turn number four in this green, white, and orange colored automobile. As we mentioned, the same color as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Cale Yarborough digs in beneath him. But the gearing on car number 54 keeps him one car length in front, Jack. He stays right there as they go back to turn number three. About to lap Walter Ballard, Johnny Ray, Ronnie Thomas. Those cars back in 15th and 16th. Here is car number 7, Johnny Ray, leaning a little as they go down into turn number 1. 
Down to the inside, Campana, and he boxes Kale in behind Ronnie Thomas, and he's going to pick up a couple of car lengths on him. Kale thought he could get around the outside group, but there was a lot of traffic there, and now he's four car lengths back upon the leader. Very impressive, Kev, the run thus far by Lenny Pond in the race traffic. Many people say Kale Yarbrough is one of the toughest in race traffic. Lenny Pond has got the advantage thus far working through this heavy stuff. This is a track that the crowd loves and the drivers disdain. It's so hard on them, it just uses them up. It's a thousand hard turns, swinging these 3,800-pound cars through these corners and averaging the tremendous speeds they do on a half-mile track. And the one driver that likes this track is Lenny Pond. He's from Virginia. He's a good short-track driver, and he feels that today is going to be his day to win his first Winston Cup Grand National Race for the former Rookie of the Year. He's down at turn number one, and right now he has the biggest advantage that he has enjoyed thus far, leading by five car lengths over second place Kaylee Arborough, who is having anything but a good year thus far. Here he is about to lap the rookie, car number 52, Roger Hamby, as they come down once again. Jimmy Means, can Jimmy car Means. number 52, is one of the Alabama guys that we never get a chance to talk about. He hails from Alabama, and a lot of people are touting him as one of the future stars to take the place of the Allisons. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Lead automobile continues to be number 54. Number 20 lap is down, and here are the standings once again. It is still Lenny Pond, the Virginia driver, who started on the pole first. Kaylee Yarbrough's in second, and in the third. Whoa! The car number 77, that Johnny Ray car being driven by Chuck Bound, nearly getting a fender into Darrell Waltrip there as they came out of turn number four. In the back straightaway, running in third is Parsons. In fourth is car number 88, Waltrip, and in fifth is Bonnet, while sixth is David Pearson. Going seventh is Richard Petty. Eighth is Bobby Allison. In the ninth position now is car number 90. Moving up another spot is Richard Brooks. The tenth position belongs to Jay. D. McDuffie with the 11th position. Several seconds back, that would be car number th number three now. It's number 40. D.K. Ulrich is sliding back. Ulrich seems to have lost the handle on car number 40 and up to 11th moves car number three. Richard Childress in 12th is D.K. Ulrich. 13th is car number two and still having problems being lapped now is the 13th place automobile Dave Marcus by the two leaders. Mark Fire were above the record speed, Ken last year by Darrell Waltrip. 86 miles per hour, the average for the first 20 laps. Here's Darrell Waltrip getting down beneath Benny Parsons. They're side by side as they skedaddle into turn one. Waltrip drives it in deep. He's got it. He moves up a notch on Parsons, dropping him back to fourth position. Waltrip trying to move up on the leaders and still on out front. Hale riding second. Waltrip is the third place car. They're back at turn three. Again, Kale gets the low bite coming out of turn number four and tries to move beneath Lenny Palm. Upon has just tremendous torque coming out the corner as he lights up car number 54 and stays in front. He's back in lap traffic in turn two, Barney. The car is working extremely well. Kale's not getting off the corner nearly as well, at least here in number two as Lenny is, and that's been the difference. Straightaway speed is pretty equal between the two cars, but in the turns, Lenny is strong. At Martinsville, Virginia, we're about to complete the 30th lap 
thus far without a caution, and the records are getting nailed in the head here today, Jax. Ken, it's a torrid pace thus far, and we've gone without a real caution this early in the race. It's strung things out, but it's made it awfully difficult for Lenny Pond and Kale Yarwood because they've had to work traffic all the way around this racetrack. So once again, let's review the top drivers for you here as we complete 30 laps. Lenny Pond, who started on the pole, is in front, his first pole position ever, and he's trying to make it his first Grand National win, with Cale Yarborough in second, four seconds back, Waltrip is third, followed by Parsons in fourth. In fifth is Bonnet, sixth, it is David Pearson, seventh it is Richard Petty, eighth is Allison, ninth is car number 90, which is the Richard Brooks automobile. Those are the front nine cars, then in ten. Oh, Pearson's in the wall, as Ed Degree comes out of that groove, and Pearson was forced to tag the wall, and Ed Degree also got a piece of it there in front of you, Ken. Tenth is J.D. McDuffie, here is the car, number 21 coming by, and the sheet metal getting raked up on that one, and also in a grease car. His Dodge Magnum in trouble out here. That uh, tenth place car still is J.D. McDuffie, and he has been lapped by the two leaders. McDuffie running in tenth. So already these front cars are setting a wicked pace. The question would be how long can they stand up to that? Question mark as well as the handling characteristics of the racetrack, Ken. This early, most of the cars should be running down on the concrete, but it does not seem to be the case. It looks as if they've had to move up to the asphalt already with only 33 laps in the books. Marcus Pitts. Marcus coming in for an unscheduled pit stop on the blue yellow, white numeraled car number two, and they're going to change tires. The handle went out of that car right on the first lap on the Austerlin car. And remember, Dave Marcus is currently having the best season ever. He's in second place in the Winston Cup national standings. Ken, they're going under the hood of that car, so he's not been running up to par since the green flag dropped. They're seeing if they can find out what was wrong with it. Skip Manning was in for about seven or eight laps. He had an overheating problem with his car, but he's back out in the action now. As we watch the Armorall Dodge go by, Ken, number five, you know, there's been a lot of talk for the last couple of weeks as to the, the fact that Harry Hyde and the team are not satisfied with the Magnum. There is also a rumor going around that the car will see its last race here. It may in Talladega. There's talk that they'll be running a General Motors product. I asked Neil yesterday about the rumor. You know, I've heard the rumors, too, about the new type car coming out. And the only thing I can say about that is that if Jim and Harry want to come with something new, I'll sure be glad that we'll give anything a try. So the Dodge Magnums are still having their problems this year. One of the riders here in Virginia was talking about Magnum Force becoming Magnum Sparks thus far, just not working well at all. And here today, we see Petty running pretty well at the present time. He's still in the hunt, holding in the seventh position behind David Pearson, who is showing smoke off the tires as he comes off this fourth turn. What about in turn two, Barney? He's been putting a little smoke out the last three or four laps. He just brushed the wall parallel to it. He didn't go into it at an angle, but he did hit it. He could have done a little something with the suspension and the pedal maybe been in enough to be making it smoke a little bit also, Ken. Pond is still holding on to first position here as they dart down into turn number one. Ken, it looks like Darrell Waltrip is gaining on the leaders now. He told me on Friday after qualifying, he said, I'm going to run this race different from the way I have in the past. If you remember last year, he diced out to the lead very early and built up a pretty good lead, but he ran out of brakes then. He said, I'm going to play it much smarter this time. He said, I'm going to lay back and let those fellows do the running, but I don't believe he can stand it. He just, that car's wanting to go, and he's wanting to put it up there, so he is gaining on the leaders. Skip Manning is back in the pits, and the hood is up on his red and 
white number 92 automobile. On the backstretch, Lenny Pond breaks away from Kale by about four car lengths, but Kale has the capacity to close on him as they move to the end of the straightaway. Coming off those corners, however, it's Lenny Pond's day. Three wins in a row at Martinsville, Virginia. One in the Virginia 500, two in the, the fall race, and it was Herb Nab, the chief mechanic on the car, and it was Kale Yarbrough, the driver. Nab, of course, now the chief mechanic on the win incorporated number 54. His car is out front in front of Kale Yarbrough. Here, the car number two of Dave Marcus had a broken spark plug wire. They have replaced it. Of course, he lost a lot of time in the pits. They did service the car with gasoline and tires while he was uh, in the pits. And Skip Manning is back with a broken water line. Car number four of Gary Myers is out with transmission problems. So car number two is back on the track, the Dewey Lavengood prepared automobile, which has really been the surprise this year. And here comes Waltrip closing on car number 11. Waltrip, who was down by three, three and a half seconds, is now less than three car lengths behind defending national stock car champion Kaylee Arborough as they approach the first turn. He's been making a lot of time up through traffic at that pit. He's been working his way off the corners. That car is sticking a lot better than Kale's. Kale's rear end just hangs out almost like a dirt track as they get off the corner. That's hurting him here this afternoon. Waltrip now shut it down to just one car length behind Yarborough. 44 laps are complete as the leaders lap Ed and agree. Waltrip is in there ready to challenge for supremacy in this Virginia 500. They're having a little trouble getting around Agree. He's running pretty well at this point in the race. We have nine cars running in the lead lap with the ninth place automobile, car number 90, Richard Brooks, and in no signs of being put a lap down at the present time. He's not in jeopardy of falling off those lead cars, and we have run 45 laps without a caution, showing Pond first, Cayley Arborough second, Waltrip in third, and moving up. Going fourth is Parsons. Going in the fifth position is Neil Bonnet, while in sixth is David Pearson. Seventh remains Richard Petty. Here there are those front three leaders lapping D.K. Ulrich now, as well as Buddy Arrington. Running in the eighth position is Allison. Going ninth is car number 90, Richard Brooks. Then in tenth, one lap down is J.D. McDuffie. In eleventh is Richard Childress, while the twelfth position remains car number 40, D.K. Ulrich. And the thirteenth spot is car number 52, one of the new highly touted drivers on the Grand National Circuit, Jimmy Means. At the Martinsville Speedway, one of the most exciting stories today is Chuck Bowne of Portland, Oregon. Remember on the start of this race, he spun and went all the way back to 30th position, the tail end of the field. He has now worked his way back up to 14th position. And we're watching a highly improved car number two. After fixing that spark plug wire, number two, Dave Marcus, currently number two in the nation, is challenging David Pearson all around the track. He was running in 14th, then was in the pits for considerable time. He's trying to move back around some of the key drivers in this race. The absolute key still remains, and here's number two, Marcus beneath number 21, David Pearson. As he gets a lap back from David, or tries to, they run side by side into the first turn. The key drivers remain 54. Lenny Pond from the pole, staying in front of Cayley Arborough, who started second, and number 88, Darrell Waltrip in third, and they are running nose to tail. Out of turn number four, the green and white, orange flecked Gatorade car is right on the rear bumper of the first National City Travelers Checks automobile, and the wind car, the Rainier car, stays in first of Lenny Pond. They're in the backstretch. That first National City Travelers Check, number 11, dives to the inside as it has, and now they are getting ready to lap car number 90, perhaps within the next 10 laps. Number 90, Richard Brooks, will feel the steel of these top three competitors who are setting a pace that, well, how good is it, Jack? Well, it, if we go to the 50-lap rundown, Ken, as soon as it comes in, it looks 
if we will eclipse the record. First, the Virginia 500 record held by Darrell Waltrip and the overall record set in 1976 at the Old Dominion 500. And those two records were 84.089 miles per hour, and they're well above that right now. Down at a turn number one, Richard Brooks giving way to those three leaders, Barney. Well, he's going to lap down, and he almost had to, Ken, because they're just, the cars are just working too well. I think Waltrip, the reason he closed the gap, he wanted to get up and just see how he could run with the front runners. He's made no effort to get around Cale Yarborough yet. I guess they just wanted to kind of get up there and see what the line they're taking through the corners and how well those two front cars are working. 54 laps have now been completed here at Martinsville, Virginia, and that means that we have a new record for the first 50 laps, Jack. They are really shooting and scooting here this afternoon. A new record, and it looks like we may have a new leader in turn number four. Something happened to car number 54, Pond, going down the backstretch and shooting beneath him goes Kaylee Arborough. Now here comes Darrell Waltrip's number 88. He moves to the inside. A three-car dice for the lead into turn one. Waltrip hauls it all the way and he doesn't crack the throttle. He's got it. Lenny swings to the outside groove and he drops back to third position. It is now Kale in front. Waltrip second and Lenny is back to third. Ken, it wouldn't surprise me that Lenny Pond looked up and seen the scoreboard. He's led for more than 50 laps, enough to get that first thousand dollars for leading the most laps in 100 laps and he might just want to cool it a little bit. Indeed, that might well be the case, Jack. And let's go over some of the additional prizes that Clay Earls offers within this gigantic purse for a half-mile race. Well, there's $1,000 in each 100-lap segment, Ken, of the race for a total of $5,000 that he awards to the leader of the most laps. And that's very important to the overall purse. The thing to remember, too, with the run by Lenny Pond is that win, his first win on the circuit, could be worth an additional $80,000 plus on the winner's circle program of NASCAR, which would pay bonus money for the number of races that he enters should he decide to compete in all the events remaining on the calendar. I think we should talk about that more a little later today, how that works for some of the racing fans who might not be familiar with it. Gary Myers in car number four has come back from Walnut Cove, North Carolina, onto the racing surface after going down for some 20 laps. On the 50-lap rundown, it was 54 at that time leading, and now he has given up the crown of leadership here, and we're watching Richard Petty almost in big trouble as he tried to put a lap on car number 30, which was the Ty Scott automobile Walter Ballard car. He got sandwiched out there. Number 45, Baxter Price moved up, tangled with the Ballard car, and Richard almost got in trouble. And here comes Cale Jarborough down underneath Bobby Allison. He's going to put him a lap down, and Allison doesn't give you any ground. He makes it work for it, but Jarborough gets around him as they go out of turn number two, and Walter is also trying to put him a lap down. So they have now lapped everything but the front seven, those hot running leaders. And here's how they run. It is Cale Jarborough running in first. In the second spot is Waltrip. Third now is Lenny Pond. Those are the front three here this afternoon. Running in fourth is Neil Bonnet making a good run with the Harry Hyde Dodge thus far. Going fifth is Benny Parsons and in sixth is David Pearson with seventh the Petty Car. Eighth is Bobby Allison a lap down. Then ninth is Richard Brooks. In 10th, J.D. McDuffie. Running in 11th is car number three, Richard Childress. While in the 12th position right now, it's car number 52, Jimmy Means, who had started in 20th. Then moving up to 13th is car number 77, the Johnny Ray car with Chuck Bound of Portland, Oregon, running for rookie honors. He's come from 30th up into 13th. Going in the uh, 14th position right now would be car number 40, D.K. Allrich, while in 15th is Buddy Arrington, and running in the 16th spot is that Walter Ballard car. Some of you folks interested in individual cars, back in 17th is James Hilton currently, and 18th is Ronnie Thomas, Jay Thomas's son, who's running for Rookie of the Year. He's running in 18th position right now. 
Jack Root's been strumming through the record book here. And, Jack, uh, what, is the, what is the new record and what was the old? New record, 84.464 miles per hour. It belongs to Lenny Pond. The old record belonged to Darrell Waltrip, 83.716. Ken, just a torrid pace thus far. And I wonder if you can afford to run flat out all day like they are. I asked Darrell Waltrip yesterday about it. <laughs> no, no way, yeah. You know, I've burnt my car out here a couple of times early in the race trying to lead the most laps. Uh, Clay pays quite a bit of money to lead the most laps. And, you know, it's always in the back of your mind, so you have to you have to sort of forget about it. It's better to go, like I said earlier, they, it never says in the record book who, won the, who led the most laps. It just says who won the race, and uh, we're going after the win. And right now, he is running in second position behind Cayley Arboro, while the leader through the first 54 laps is running three seconds behind the green and white Darrell Waldrip automobile. That's Lenny Pond, who seems to be playing a waiting game. He has lapped the 13th place automobile, which is that Chuck Bound car. A real surprise to me. Now, Bound, as many of you folks know, was the West Coast Winston champion came out here and is really paying some hard dues and trying to find a ride is now linked up with Johnny Ray for at least 16 rides this year. This is the kind of now we're watching some big trouble on car number four Gary Myers. Looks like he may be having that right front hub heating up a lot more than he would desire. Running slowly again down on the inside of the speedway. Myers another rookie driver here on the Winston Cup Tour for 1978. Of course that's worth a lot of money from uh, First National City Travelers checks $10,000 at the end of the year. The pole sitter winning the Bush Award today for $1,000. Once again, Lenny Pond, we believe the first Virginian, unless you go way back in the record book, to when Glenn Wood brought a car here for Roanoke, Virginia's, Norfolk, Virginia's Curtis Turner. So it's been a long time since there's been a Virginian on the crowd, and I'm not sure if it's the, the throng that's turned out to enjoy the beautiful lake and the azaleas and the dogwoods or to see the Virginian do the trick he's been doing here today. Probably the latter. At Martinsville, Virginia, 72 of 500 laps have been completed, leaving for us today something like 428 long, hard laps. And, boy, this is a hard one. This is as rough and tough a track as you can see. Here's Dave Marcus in car number two, that Austin Chevrolet, which fell several laps down with a spark plug wire problem, now getting beneath Bobby Allison's Thunderbird in turn one, Barney. Well, he's been hammering away on a lot of cars, Ken, to make up time. The car's sticky well since they made the pit stop and cured the problem a moment ago with the broken spark plug wire. That car is about as quick as anybody on the track. And another car we haven't talked much about is Neil Bonnet. Bonnet is not that far behind the leaders, and I would say he's pacing himself here this afternoon also. He's just about a straightaway behind Cale Yarborough and Darrell Waltrip right now in Lenny Pond. In case you were wondering when they might be pitting on a half-mile track for the first time if they stay under green, let's get that story from Ned Jarrett. They should run about 150 to 160 laps, Ken. That would be around 75 or 80 miles. They don't get quite as good a gas mileage on a short track as they do on one of the longer speedways because the engine is still turning the same number of RPMs, but, of course, it's not going as far when it turns those RPMs because of a lower gear ratio. We've given Lenny Pond more credit than we thought, Ken. Bill Dennis won the Grand National Pole in the fall of 71 at Richmond Fairground Speedway in number 90. So the Richmond drivers, the Virginia drivers, when they come to their home state, they always do quite well. We can remember watching Lenny Pond when he drove the Master Chevrolet on the late model sportsman circuit, and he always liked this racetrack and always did quite well on it. But that was Richmond, and this is Martinsville. And at Martinsville, it has been tough. And I'm sure that many of the folks that uh, get the news, and they, they really played it up here in Virginia, that Lenny had done so well to qualify, are here today to enjoy this race. 
just to see if they can get a Virginian into victory lane since 1961, and Joe Weatherly pulled it off. Cale Yarbrough also looking for a milestone today. He will, for certain now, has pass the $2 million mark. And yesterday we were talking about it because it took only 97 races or so to make his second million, and it was a lot less than it did to take the first million dollars. And we asked him if it was any different now. Was it less fun than it was when he started? Well, not really. You know, even though racing has got uh, very sophisticated in the past few years, but uh, I still enjoy it very much. I still get a lot of fun out of it, and uh, I think, you know, as long as I do, that I think I can still win races and still be in the racing business. But the day all the fun leaves, and I think I'll leave too. <laughs> 78 laps have been completed. Kale is in a new business these days. He is in the textile business. Uh, he's been weaving yarns for a lot of years. Well, he's actually gone into the yarn business and uh, and doing quite well with it, too, over there near Timmonsville. Well, the latest report is, too, he may have to put Leo the lion out to pasture very shortly. It's getting a little bit too big, his pet lion having grown up awfully quick. Well, he's acting like a lion himself right now as he gets ready to lap Edna Gree in turn number three. Here is one of the all-time great NASCAR chargers. We talk about Fireball Roberts and Curtis Turner and all those names. You have to put Kale right in there because nobody likes to charge more than he. And he's out in front. And this is one track where you have to bridle your enthusiasm a bit. If you don't, you don't have much car left after 250 laps on this very rigorous, tough, half-mile Martinsville Speedway, which pays like a super speedway, $111,000 at stake here this afternoon. Lenny Pond has won the first $1,000 prize coming off the pole to lead for the first 54 laps and then has settled the car back into third position and holding there. Right behind him is car number 50, number 5 which is the Neil Bonnet Dodge Automobile. The Dodge is really hurting for a victory and hoping that today they can put something together. Now here's Lenny Pond's automobile, and he's only about four and a half seconds in front of Neil Bonnet. Bonnet almost looks like he's walking on eggs as he trips that car down of turn number four. And here's, again, number 77, Chuck Bound, running just magnificently. We now have only six automobiles running in the lead lap with 80 laps complete. And let's bring you up to date on how they run. With 80 of the 500 laps complete, it is... Kaylee Arborough first. Darrell Waltrip in second. Running in third is car number 54, the machine of the Virginia driver, Lenny Pond. The fourth spot is Bonnet. Going fifth is Benny Parsons. Sixth is David Pearson. And seventh is Richard Petty. Correction, seven cars in the lead lap. Then in eighth, a lap down, is Bobby Allison, while in ninth is car number 90, Richard Brooks. Two laps down in tenth position, car number three, Richard Brooks. Eleventh position, up to 11 spot is car number 77, Chuck Bound, from 30th to 11th. That's some kind of charge today, Jack. Well, everybody had high expectations for Chuck Bound, Ken, because this is the type of racing he's used to. When he was a Winston West champion, he had to run 35 to 40 races on these half-mile bull rings. Here's number 40, D.K. Ulrich, pitting his automobile. Ulrich coming in and going back behind the wall. Right now, Cale's about to put Richard Fetty a lap down. He's been chasing him for about two laps. Here he goes around the outside of the turn three. And this is happening in the 85th lap. Richard Petty going a lap down to Cale Yarborough and to car number 88, Darrell Waltrip, as they hit the first turn. Yarborough's car suddenly is working a lot better off the corners, and the reason is he's changed grooves. A moment ago, he was trying to hang it 
right to the bottom of the racetrack the first 10 or 20 laps. The rear end would break loose coming off the corner. The car would spin. Now he's moved it out about a groove and a half, and the car is really sticking going off the corner. We're watching him get around Richard Petty. Don't you know that really hurts Petty? A few years ago, he was the king of the short tracks. Every time they went, they just almost practically give him the race. Everybody else would say, well, he's going to be the man to beat. He has not won a short track race since 1975 up in Richmond, Virginia. And Richard Petty, of course, some say he has not come back to full snuff since that bad crash at Bristol a year ago. Here he is trying out of turn number four. A guy who's won here eight times for watching number 15. Bobby Allison pit his automobile. We go to Ned Jarrett. This is an unscheduled pit stop, Ken, certainly as far as gas is concerned, but he was losing ground to the leaders. They're going to the right side for a change of tires and filling up with gasoline, so he could be having a tire problem, and the fact that he was losing ground to the leaders, they decided to better come in and make a change and, and see if they can pick his speed up a little bit. Jack Root tells us that we may be heading for a 100-lap record here this afternoon in the Virginia 500 from Martinsville. With 96 laps complete, the lead automobile is still car number 11, Kaylee Arboro, and car number 88, Waldrop in second, just put a lap on car number 21, David Pearson, who was running in sixth position. The top five automobiles making mincemeat out of this field thus far today. We're three laps away. If there's no caution from here on in, they're going to really snap the record, Jack. To the tune of about three and a half miles an hour, Ken, and the record was held by Kale Yarbrough. Most of the drivers, I'm sure, hate to see Kale out front because he's one of the toughest cats to get around the racetrack to pass. I don't ever give ground. I try to run, uh, you know, as hard as I can all day. Now, if somebody's lapping me and I've had trouble and I'm a lap down, uh, then I'll back off and let them go. But if, I, if I'm running for a position, uh, I feel like it's just as much mine as it is anybody else's, and I never give an inch. Car number 90, Richard Brooks, has slowed down dramatically here in the past three or four laps, and he may be pitting. Here he is coming down out of turn number four. Barney, did you notice anything awry with that car? Car left at number two at one of two corners, running pretty strong down the backstretch. He seemed to get out of it as he hit turn number three. I don't know what it could be. Kenny might have cut a tire. He's coasting into the pits. It looks like that he's lost power. The crew's ready to change tires and fit in gasoline, but he was not able to coast all the way into his pits. Now Junior Don Levy goes over to talk with him. They're going under the hood, so he has some problems other than for a normal pit stop. And I went down and checked with Bud Moore and the crew on Bobby Allison's car. That pit stop they made was unscheduled. The right rear tire on that car was blistered. And the right rear tire here at Martinsville takes the biggest beating. If a car is not set up exactly right, it makes it awfully, awfully tough for them to, to run that tire and not get it overheated. Unscheduled stop for car number 90, Richard Brooks, Porterville, California, who was running in ninth when he came in. And we have now completed 100 laps. And would you care to guesstimate, Jack, as to how much we snapped the record by? I would say when we get the 100-lap rundown in, Ken, it will be about 83.5 miles per hour as compared to 80.510 set by Kale. So a three-mile-an-hour shattering of the mark at 100 laps with 400 to go. And naturally, the green flag has been out for the entire first 100 laps of the event. We now have 
Only five automobiles running in the lead lap, and they are car number 11, Cale Yarborough, and attached right to the rear bumper is car number 88. That's Darrell Waltrip just waiting it out here. Going third is number 54, Lenny Pond. Running in fourth is the sleeper in this deck, car number five, being driven by Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama, and going in the sixth position, car number 20, or rather, the fifth position, number 72, Benny Parsons. Those five cars remain in the lead left. Now remember, later this afternoon, the Goodyear Racing scoreboard will be coming along, and Jack will be taking you to England and giving you all kinds of stories. Number 90, Brooks, is going behind the wall. Kenny's lost the brakes on that car completely. That's the reason he had to stop it by shutting the engine off as it came into the pit, so they're bringing it behind pit wall now. We'll check to see if they are going to try to repair it and get him back in the race. D.K. Ulrich, as you mentioned earlier, is behind pit wall. The rear end of that car was out there changing it, hoping to get him back in, and I believe he's about ready to go again. So 25 cars remain on the track, and Jack, uh, I know the word is in. What have you got for a new record? A new track record, 83.828 miles per hour, a race and new track record at the 100-mile mark. 100 at the 100-lap mark. mark, we have the standings as follows. It's still number 11, Scooting along in first place, Cale Yarborough, and directly in front of him is Dave Marcus in the Austin car. Let's watch that one for a moment. Number 88, Waltrip is running in second. Going third is car number 54, Lenny Pond, running in the fourth position. Car number five, Neil Bonnet. Then six. Then fifth comes Benny Parsons. Then in sixth a lap down is Pearson. Seventh is Petty. Eighth is Allison. Ninth have been Brooks. He falls back. And going up into ninth is car number three, Richard Childress, which moves into tenth, Chuck Bound of Portland, Oregon. Moving up into the 11th position comes J.D. McDuffie about three laps down, and into 12th is Walter Ballard, while the 13th position is car number 17. That'd be the That's Roger, Roger Hamby car. And can can the bellwether thus far, though, listening to what Ned Jarrett said about the brakes going on Richard Brooks's car, with this pace, without the cautions, these drivers are having a difficult time conserving brakes, and that could be the determining factor when we get down to 500 laps here at Martinsville. And that 100-lap rundown, the 14th position is James Hilton, and in the 15th position is D.K. Ulrich, with the 16th position, Buddy Arrington, running in the 17th position, Ronnie Thomas, and in the 18th position is car number 80, all the way out back. Car number 80 is a new car for us. I don't even remember that car starting the race. That well, there he like is, right there. Snafu again. Snuck in there somewhere, Jack. 109 laps are complete as... Ned Jarrett reported earlier, we are still some 50 laps away from the first scheduled pit stop if it stays under green. Boy, these tires are going to get scorched. The weather is warm here today at Martinsville, Virginia. It was overcast this morning, but it's broken off for a beautiful day, and a gigantic throng has turned out, and I'm sure it's, here's McDuffie slowing down. J.D. McDuffie running in the 11th position. Car number 77 goes into turn one. Barney, something's amiss. McDuffie takes the inside groove. He's in the pits just a moment ago, and I think he's, yes, he's going right back in the pits again, Ken. It's still Kelly Arborough's day as he seeks his fourth win here in the Virginia 500. 114 laps are complete, 386 remain. I'm Ken Squire, the Motor Racing Network, with you on a lovely day here in the spring in Virginia, watching this $111,000 Virginia 500 unroll with Darrell Waltrip now getting ready to challenge Kelly Arborough for the lead. We are at 114 laps. There's a new $1,000 prize up for grabs. Car number 54, Lenny Pond, is running about eight seconds behind the leaders. In third position, the leaders are out of turn number two. It's car number 11, Kaylee Arbroad. 
Whaling down into turn number three. Waltrip attached tight to him. Waltrip will try to make a move here. He comes to the inside as he wants that second $1,000 prize offered by Clay Earls. There's still nose to tail into turn one. Well, things have been peaceful long enough here at Martinsville, and all of a sudden, Waltrip, a couple of laps ago, can he tapped on Kale's bumper here in the number one and two turn. Let him know he was back there. He's dropped to the inside a couple of times to try to make a move on him, but Kale, as you just heard him say a minute ago, will not give you an inch, but Waltrip is trying to take one. Number 30, Ty Scott, running in 12th position now. That's the Walter Ballard car, and Ty Scott has started the race after a terrible crash in Syracuse, New York, got up over a wheel that had come off a car that had already crashed, went in for end eight or nine times, was in the hospital overnight. He's here today and running car number 30 for Walter Ballard, who qualified the car earlier this week. Again, out of turn number four, car number 88, the green and white automobile, the Gatorade car goes to work on the first National City Traveler's Check automobile. It is an Oldsmobile in first, Chevrolet Monte Carlo in second at turn one. Walker just chews away at that rear bumper, and Kale knows he's back there. Now, these two both like to lead. You talk about chargers. Walker has become the Kale Yarborough of the set all of a sudden himself. He likes to charge. He'll always tell you if you do an interview with him during the week that he's going to pace himself, that he's changed his driving tactics, but he just can't stand it. It's like Ned Jarrett said earlier. If there's a way to get out front, he's going to find it. He again chews up on the bumper of Kale Yarborough out of the number two corner, and Kale leads him by half a car length down the back stretch. And we have three cars in the pits right now that are being worked on. Of course, that one of Richard Brooks. They're working on the brakes to see if they can get him back in. Skip Manning has a problem of a different sort now. He had heating problems earlier. Now the rear end has come out from under his 92 Chevrolet, so they're replacing it, and he'll be back in. J.D. McDuffie coasted into the pits. He has a distributor problem. They're replacing that, hoping to get him back before too long. Ken, there's an awful lot of smoke coming from underneath Benny Parsons' car. He's up in the turn three area. You might take a look at it and see if it's Yes, we have a report that he has a rear end problem with that car number 72. That's where the smoke is coming from. The induction of air into these automobiles is super critical here at Martinsville Speedway. We watched many of these people yesterday changing the air induction system to get on these disc brakes and try to keep them as cool as possible. Bobby Allison pits the Norris Industries automobile. Still another time. Let's go to Ned. This is another unscheduled pit stop. Remember the last time he was in, they changed the right side tires. This time they're going to the left side. The right rear was blistered on it before. He had picked up some pretty good speed when they had the new tires on the right side, but he had slowed down again, so apparently he has a left side tire problem now. We understand that Benny Parsons' crew is getting ready to change the rear end in that car number 72. We'll be bringing him in before too long. Here's Waltrip down to the inside out of turn number four, coming around a complete lap 123. Still can't get beneath Kaylee Arborough. As a matter of gearing there, Driver finesse is perfect by the two of them, and it's just a matter of who has the gear, and perhaps they have identical gears. What about it, Barney? The way they're getting in and out of the corners, the two cars are working just about equal. Here, you've just got to get inside to get around somebody. You can't pass him on the outside at all here in Martinsville unless there's something wrong with the other car. But he's made a couple of moves on him, but until they make the pit stops, I imagine they'll run just one and two like they are, unless Walker can catch Kale in the traffic situation and use that to his advantage. You know, the uh, press up here is giving $200 the Goody Headache Award to the competitor who has the toughest luck. They're going to vote on it here with about 20 laps to go in the race. Any nominations from down in your end, Barney? Uh, not, not at this point, Ken, but I'm sure before the day is over here at Martinsville, there'll be 50 guys that would apply for it. <laughs> what about you, Ned? Well, they're, they're putting out a pit sign right now for car number 72, and as good as he was running, Ken, I think that he would have to uh, right now be given some consideration. However, he's still up there in that top five, but he's about to be lapped, and they're about to bring him into the pits. Jenny Parsons is leading in points. 
for the Winston Cup Grand National Chase. And yesterday, I asked him if he couldn't help but look down the road to the fact that he could gun down his second championship in his career. I think we're going to have to work at not doing that, Jackie, yes. Because the championship, a championship, would mean a great deal to, to me, Jake. Uh, LG, our entire crew, our sponsor. I think the first national city travelers check would be uh, very impressed with a championship. And, you know, with the new management up there, who knows what's going to happen uh, with the travelers check people. But uh, we're going to have problems not looking down the road and, and being concerned about it. We're going to have to remember that we have to run good in the races. Uh, here Sunday, we may, you know, we're debating right now back and forth on a reliable setup and a non-reliable setup. And I mean, we may go with a non-reliable setup simply because it's going to be very difficult to win with the reliable setup. Benny Parsons, who is having some problems right now. The back end of the car is head up, as they say. And the battle for the lead is heating up. Can't heat up much more without Kelly Arborough losing first. We have completed 129 laps. They dive down into turn number one. Now, remember, there's a $1,000 prize for each 100-lap sequence of the race. The first 100-lap sequence was won by the gentleman that is now in third place and was on the pole, Virginia's own Lenny Pond. Currently, Kelly Arborough is in front in the dash for the second $1,000, but Darrell Waltrip is trying desperately to take that grand away from him as they go back into the first turn. Just about the same interval, about a half a car length remains between first and second as Waltrip just has to bide his time and wait for an opening, and Yarborough is not the kind that will give you one. Back down the back shoot and into turn number three. Still just a half a car length between first and second. In the car number 70, J.D. McDuffie, he went back out, but he's back in the pits with more problems. He had distributor problems, and a fellow who's had problems here all afternoon is Gary Myers of Walnut Cove, North Carolina. Gary, what finally put you out of the race? Uh, first, the transmission locked up our first race, and we finally got that fixed, and then we cracked the head or something just pushing water out. Just had to figure it wasn't your day. Uh, just wasn't my day. One of the real fine rookies on the tour out of it here today. Some slamming and flamming going on now between 11 and 88. They're working on each other, or rather Waltrip is working on Cale Yarborough, although Yarborough is so smart, he may be doing some defensive driving. He may be just dropping off the throttle a second earlier sometimes to make, and that happens on a half-mile track. Waltrip drive into him a little, and it certainly makes Waltrip look bad. Cale can do that, and the lead car will sometimes give up the rear bumper a little. It also is very disconcerting to turn about 10 straight laps, and everything goes just the same, and then all of a sudden, you wrap the guy in front of you right in the chops or in the tail end and uh, it may give you two or three laps to gather your momentum back up and that could be what Kale did but anyway they're working on each other and the bumpers are taking a battering here Richard Petty is pitting car number 43 Petty comes on to pit road Jack Root has the watch on the seventh place competitor running one lap down and I believe this is a scheduled stop or not what yes about? it is a scheduled pit stop even though they've only gone 137 laps right now Petty normally pits a little bit earlier earlier for gas than the others, and he also was losing ground to the front runners. Those tires were getting awfully hot, so they decided to bring him in. Car number 64, the Alma Langley car, has pulled off the track, and also Jimmy Smut Means has sent his machine back into the pits another time. Petty out in a very quick top. 18.5 Oh, he forces Waltrip out of the groove as Petty came out. Bobby Waywack chopped right out in that center groove. Waltrip had to get on the binders and almost tagged the wall, and he has fallen almost a quarter of a straightaway behind the leader, Yarborough. 
Cale Yarborough in front, Waltrip in second, and now we'll see if Darrell Waltrip can run down car number 11, Cale Yarborough, from a disadvantage of eight seconds. David Pearson is pitting car number 21. Here's Ned Jarrett. A schedule pit stop for Pearson. Richard Petty was in just a few laps ago. The right rear tire on his car, like Bobby Allison's, was blister. So, Ken, we might be having some tire problems here this afternoon. Not might be. We are having some tire problems with those right rear. Pearson down off the jack and running in less than 15 seconds. I believe that is a new tire for this race, too, is it not, Ned? Yes, they are running a little softer compound tire than they had here last year. Uh, they worked very well in practice and during the qualifying runs, but that's not in the heat of the race, and it is a little warmer today than everyone anticipated, so it's going to be tough on those tires. A brilliant pit stop, Jack. Wood Brothers show why they're considered the first chair again. 12.83 seconds the stop on the Purolator Mercury. And the right rear tire was blistered as I see the Wood Brothers roll that tire in front of me on that uh, car number 21. If there is an award, and there is not, for outstanding individual performance, my vote certainly today goes to Chuck Bound of Portland, Oregon, who on the start fell all the way to 30th position, has pulled himself back up to 9th, and the car is now smoking some. The Johnny Ray, number 77 automobile, in the backstretch. He has made his pit stop and come back on, and there is still a trail of smoke coming from behind the automobile, and I'm sure the rear end on that car is heating up, as it did on Benny Parsons' car. And here's Parsons on pit road. Here's Ned. This is a scheduled pit stop, and they're going to take him behind the wall. I say schedule. It's about time for him to come in, but they're going to change the rear end on that car number 72 as it's been smoking quite a bit. And, Ken, we should explain that on a short track such as Martinsville, it is very hard on the rear gearing. They run a cooler on these cars uh, on the rear end uh, to cool the grease, but still as many RPMs as it has to make, it generates a tremendous amount of heat, and that's what's happened to several of the cars here this afternoon, including the point leader, Benny Parsons. 147 laps are complete here in the Virginia 500. There remain 353 laps to be played out, and here's 77 coming back in. Number 79, Frank Warren is coming out, dragging his tail behind him. Only it's not his tail, it's his gas can. Oh, oh, the embarrassment of it all. Here he comes out of turn number four. He'll have to come back in with a native tan dodge. There's the gas can hanging down. It, it looks like a crop tail on a bulldog as it goes into the first turn, and they'll have to take it off. Before well, he's stopping to hoping someone on the pits on this side will pull it off. Yes, they are. One of the crew members, I believe, of Junior Johnson's team is going down to pull it off because that could be a very dangerous situation should that uh, can get on the pavement and wear a hole in it, then a spark uh, could really set off the fire. 77 is in and out once again. Car number 77, Chuck Bout, and number and 54 is in. 54 is pitting right now. He's on the backside and pulling in. Here's Ned. They've gone 149 laps now. This would be a scheduled pit stop for Lenny Pond. Chuck Bowen has pulled his car behind the wall with the rear end smoking on that car. We'll look to see if they're going to change it and get him back in the action. Richard Childers has come in for the second time in the last 10 laps with the hood up. He has an ignition problem on the Kansas Jack Oldsmobile number three. 18.98 seconds to stop on Lenny Pond. Ken, interesting to note, he pits on the back stretch. That's an old Herb Nab trick. He likes it back there because he thinks if it's under caution, you can pick up a little time on pit stops if you pit on the back stretch versus the front. Car number 54 is back in it. He will go back a couple of spots, stay in the lap with the leader. Number five, remember, and we better review these standings for you for a moment. At the present time, as we seek another record for 150 laps, and I'm sure, Jack, they're going to smash the old mark on 
on this one. Car number, here's five, Neil Bonnet coming in, and Jack's ready to put the clock on him as car number three, Richard Childress, is directly in front of him. The hood has been up for some time. Childress losing about four or five laps. And Ken, they're going to the left side on Neil Bonnet's car, which is a little surprising. We've seen the blisters on the right rear of several of the other cars, but they're going to the left side for tires on Neil Bonnet's armor all dodge. I think we better check on car number 11, Junior Johnson's car, and see if they're having any problems at all. He should be coming in very, very shortly, because it sure is smooth from where we sit here, just in turn number four, watching him come off. As you know, he bowls those cars through the corner. He really works the steering wheel a lot up here, and it doesn't look any different than any time we've seen him previously in his three previous victories here. Bonnet is away in 17.84 seconds. At Martinsville, Virginia, 159 laps are complete, 341 remaining, and the 150 lap rundown is another record. 83.642 miles per hour, the race record, the track record, the old record was set by Benny Parsons in 1977, and that was a pitiful 79.719. So they're really hammering the record here this afternoon. Cale Yarborough has yet to pit. And the same is true of the second-place automobile, car number 88, Darrell Waltrip. Now, the remainder of those cars have all been on pit road. Am I correct on that, Ned? Yes, all the top-running cars have made uh, pit stops. Some of them came in a little bit earlier than they normally would, Ken, but it was because of the tire problems that they were having. But uh, Cale Yarborough, Junior Johnson, says everything is okay on that car and that they'll just make their normal pit stop probably within the next 10 laps. There was a lot of smoke down just to the left of you from the... Uh line towards yes, turn was, one. What was that? That was when they pulled the rear end from Benny Parsons' car. It was extremely hot. Okay. What about car number 77, the Chuck-bound Johnny Ray ride? They're changing the rear end on that car also. 162 laps complete. You didn't give me an answer as to who you thought was going to win the Goodies Headache Award today. I'm not supposed to give answers like that. I don't get to vote on it, Ken. Well, I, I think that's very unfair if you're going to be up here. He'll probably give me the award for giving him a hard time. Here's a hundred. I could use the two hundred dollars today too. 163 laps have been completed. Cale Yarbrough's in front, seeking his third win of the year, his fourth win here in the Virginia 500. Number 25, Ronnie Thomas is back on the track. Motor Racing Network bringing you the action from Martinsville, Virginia today. Later today, Jack Aru will be taking you to England for the 750cc World Championship race, where Kenny Roberts of the United States is facing the finest in the world. We'll have a report too from Trenton, New Jersey, where the United States Auto Club is meeting today. Tom Sneva is on the pole there. Danny on the gas. On Gaius himself. The Samoan is second. And I understand Mario Andretti third for the start up there. A lot of short track reports and some big ones coming in from around the country. That's all upcoming on the Goodyear Racing Scoreboard with Jack Root later this afternoon. 164 laps have now been completed here. Number 64, Almo Langley's automobile back on the track still in the time. The Chuck old mound has just come back out of the speedway also. Can't... We're talking about this youngster. You can't give him enough credit Early in the race, he did have some problems. He couldn't find the groove, and then all of a sudden, just watching him against some of the veteran drivers who have been here year after year, he has found a better line through the corners than many of the guys who come here race after race. That was the reason he moved up so well. He just found the perfect groove to get through the corners and set a steady pace and just kept moving up. 88, Waltrip in the pits at number 30. Ty Scott of Penargal, Pennsylvania, is blowing the rear end on his automobile. It is hot. Bar she blows as he comes into turn four. Meanwhile, Waltrip at number 88 is in the pits. Ty Scott coming down the main straightaway very slowly. 
Fast pit stop with the Buddy Parrott crew or not, Jack? What's happening? It's running down into the 13-second range. They've dropped it off the Jack, and he's away in 14.7 oh, seconds. Oh, and almost T-boned by Ty Scott, who came in and pulled behind the wall. And car number 88 really had to get on the binders. That was close, Barney. Well, he has had his problems here today. Walker has really had trouble with traffic. And Joe Boer pulled out in front of him a moment ago when Caution. Richard Petty came out. And what a break for K.O. Yarborough. He's the only one of the front runners who has not made a pit stop. Now he'll get to do it under caution. Caution is on the track and a tremendous amount of smoke coming up. Is that Ty Scott's rear end, Ned? I would say so, yes. They've been having a lot of rear end problems as we have reported here today. A little more than usual, I believe. It almost was Waltrip's rear end, too. Yeah, and almost the whole side of the car. He nearly was center punched as Waltrip was exiting pit road. The car number 30 with the rear end smoking on fire came down the main straightaway and then made a 90 degree turn and came directly in front of car number 88. Now car number 11 is pitting. Here's Ned Jarrett. And so is David Pearson. He's taking on left side tires now. Neil Bonnet is back in the pits taking on right side this time. He changed left sides on his green flag stop. Darrell Waltrip is back in for a change of left side tires. Of course, he was just in under the green for a right side change. Well, this for sure will make us into one caution period. Back in 1971 here in the Virginia 500, they ran a, a race with just one caution. So we're back to that. We thought we might get the whole day in there for a while, but that was kind of a knock on wood. That's like talking about a no-hitter in baseball. You didn't want to discuss it. But now we have completed 167 laps before the first caution flag was unfurled, and we had three new records for sure. And this may be a very short pit stop. Be a very yellow period. very short caution, Ken. And there was one racetrack that went without a caution, and that was at the uh, uh, Mason-Dixon 500 several years ago. And can you believe that on a one-mile racetrack like we run at, at Dover, Delaware, that they could go 500 miles on that place without <laughs> seeing a caution? No, I don't. Uh, that is where the Goodies Headache Award definitely should be about troubled. There's plenty of great NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Racing coming up around the country. And let's remind you of some of them. The Winston... 500, May 7th, Alabama International Motor Speedway, and the ticket office is open in Talladega, Alabama today for the world's fastest racetrack, and we certainly hope you'll be with us for that one in Talladega, if not with the Motor Racing Network. Then comes the Mason-Dixon 500 on that track where you were just talking about, Dover Downs, Dover, Delaware, on May the 21st of Sunday afternoon. And if you haven't heard about it, you're going to hear a lot more about it in time to come. They've done a magnificent job at Charlotte, North Carolina. The entire track has been completely rebuilt. They've torn out the first and second turn. Going to be tremendous passing down there. The grandstand area has been completely done over and renovated. The infield is just sensational. And the World 600 will be enjoyed by many on May the 28th at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Their ticket office is open today at Harrisburg, North Carolina. June 11th, it's the Napa Riverside 400, the 400-kilometer race on the road course at Riverside, California for these Winston Cup cars. Then June the 18th, it's Michigan International Speedway, one of my favorite tracks, that beautiful two-mile track of Roger Penske up there in Michigan, the Gabriel 400. And the date again is Sunday, June 18th, for you folks in the Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, New York State area listening to us today. New pavement on that track, too, Ken, so we should see some torrid speeds when we get back to Brooklyn, Michigan. And, of course, July the 4th, where else? But America 
America's largest Independence Day celebration, the Firecracker 400 at the birthplace of Speed, Old Ormond, and Daytona Beach. That's the 4th of July for the Firecracker 400, which this year comes on a Tuesday. Hope many of you will be coming down and enjoying two or three days before on that world's most famous beach and enjoy one of the world's most famous auto races. Ken, one of the nicest guys in racing, and sometimes it's been to his detriment rather than to his credit, is Benny Parsons. A lot of times he's been criticized as a driver that doesn't really run full tilt. Well, he's taken a little more heat the last couple of weeks after his win at Darlington in the Rebel 500. He credited a lot of the win to his newfound faith, his renewed faith, as he puts it, in the Lord and newfound religion, a reborn Christian, as he calls it. And I asked him, I said, after the win at Darlington, you credited your new faith and just... What is it all about? Maybe I shouldn't have said anything, but I felt like that I, I was under the obligation to somebody to say something because it was like the whole deal was out of our hands. And things just happened that made us win the race. Uh, an engine problem, and we change, and the one we put in goes the distance and runs so much better than the one we had in there. Uh, you know, I, it just, it was like that it took everything out of my hands. And maybe it was a coincidence that I went to church, church three times that week. I don't know. They had a revival there at the church I attend when I'm home. And uh, my wife went and, you know, said, let's go to church. I went with her. I enjoyed myself. I thought, you know, the message meant something to me. And Sunday morning again I went. Maybe I, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said anything because I don't have the handle on it. And now I'm getting, you know, response from people uh, that are making me uncomfortable, we'll say. Because, I, you know, I still don't feel comfortable uh, getting up and giving a testimony to the Lord because I'm not sure that I've really got the handle on it. But, you know, I'm trying to get it together in my head and what have you because I am serious when I say that, you know, there's got to be something bigger than us. One of the nice people in the world of motorsport, Benny Parsons. Well, all by himself, a lonely lap in front after taking the big gamble and staying on the track. 23 automobiles lining up for the restart, which is coming right now. 176 laps complete when they come by this time. 324 remaining with the leader, car number 11, Kaylee Yarborough, in a lap unto himself for the Grandmaster. Then in second place is Darrell Waltrip, a lap down with car number 54, Lenny Pond. Green flag is out, and we're racing again at Martinsville, Virginia. Down to the turn number one. We have car number five, Neil Bonnet, who is actually running in fourth, the leader of the pack. Out of the number two corner and up the back chute, Cale will try to put Waltrip and Bonnet another lap down. He chases him down the back stretch and back into three. Let's review for you how these cars sit. Number 11, Cale Yarborough is leading by a lap. In second, it is cars number 88 and 54. That's Darrell Waltrip and Lenny Pond. They are running second and third, a lap down. Two laps down. In fourth is car number five, Neil Bonnet. But Bonnet right now, that two laps down, is directly in in front of the field. He is on the point as they come out of turn number four and behind him is the second place car, number 88, Waltrip and then comes the leader, Kaylee Arborough. Now I'm sure that helped you a real lot but that's how they're running as they go back to turn number one. Barney, did you get it? Well, I, 
I didn't think Waltrip was a lap down, but if the scoring indicates he is, then he is. But I believe the situation would be that he's almost a lap down. The fact that he's right in front of Cale Yarborough should put him in the same lap, but almost a lap behind. So he would be a lap down minus four car lengths now, trying to work his way through. And here's 54, Lenny Pond, trying to get underneath Cale Yarborough and get back in the And street. here comes Bobby Allison right underneath David Pearson up on the bumper of Cale as he's trying to move up an auction. Allison has found some new running power for the Norris Industries car. And 54, Lenny Pond gets beneath Cale Yarborough, and he goes back into the lead lap, running in third, and something has happened to Cale. The handle goes out of his car. Here's number 15 coming down the straightaway. Allison is going underneath Cale Yarborough. Allison gets against him as he comes out of the corner. Here he comes out of the turn as Pond pulls them all off the number two corner by about five car lengths, and Bobby Allison is running really strong after that pit stop. Cale continues to lose a little ground. Petty pulls up. He takes him on the outside. Cale's coming in. I don't think there's any question. Cale Yarborough pulls in. Something's amiss. Maybe a tire is equalized. I believe he has cut a tire. It looks like it could be one of the right side tires, maybe the right rear. Anyway, he's coming in for a pit stop, and they go to work on the right side, changing those right tires. All right. He's still in the lead. Here's Waltrip coming around in turn three. They're changing the tire. Waltrip is into turn four. He's making up time. Pond is in second. They're coming down the main straightaway, still changing the tire. They're off the jack. They're away. Waltrip is into first place. Darrell Waltrip is in first. It is Lenny Pond now in second, and Cale is back in third. What about that pit stop? It was a very fast stop, Ken, well below the 17-second mark of his first stop. So, the complexion of this race after Cale had a lap unto himself has completely changed, and we now have Waltrip in front, Lenny Pond in second, and Cale Yarborough looking up from under. Now we'll get an interview, for, an interval for you between the second and third place automobile. I don't think we'll get an interview with Cale right now, and if we could, the expletives would ban it from the radio. I'm sure that he's a little miffed. Just a bit of a snit out there as he had a tire go down on him. Here's number 88, Waltrip, trying to lap Neil Bonnet, going into turn number one. Then comes Pond, and several seconds back. Jack, you have the clock on him? 1.8 seconds, the separation between first and second. That would be Waltrip and Pond. And then going back to Kale Yarbrough, it's 1.9 seconds. So from first to the third position, it's a little better than three seconds. And they're just about equally spaced now. Here's Kale coming out of turn four. He is in front of David Pearson, Richard Petty, and he is lapping car number 45, the Baxter Price automobile, as he tears down the straightaway and tries to get back into this thing. Car number 77 is back on the, uh, not really on the track. He's up on the curbing down here on the inside of turn three, and something is amiss on car number 77, Chuck Bound coming back in again. Cale Yarborough won the second $1,000 prize today. The second $1,000 was won by Cale Yarborough, but now it's all up for grabs, and as we have the scoring, it is Waltrip in the lead, and car number 88. Second is Lenny Pond. In third is car number 11, Kaylee Arborough, all in the same lap. And number five is also reported in the same lap, but on the very tail end. He is about to be overlapped by Waltrip, and he's putting up a real struggle to keep himself in the lap with the leaders, hoping for a caution to bring that Dodge Magnum back around and fight with that Chevrolet Monte Carlo leading and the car number 54 in second place. They're going down the backstretch. The Armorall Dodge is directly in front of the Gatorade Chevrolet here is Waltrip trying to get beneath him as they're about to overtake James Hilton in car number 48 going into turn one. Ken, that car is a lot stronger than anybody here has given it credit this weekend. Neil told me that the Dodge Magnum is a good 
short track car. They like it. They're just not happy with it on the super speedways. But Waltham has chased him for about 10 laps now. He's been alongside him a couple of times, and Neal has just pulled away and left him. Here they are on a turn four again, and Neal is giving up the inside groove by about 25 feet in that beautiful white, black, gold, orange automobile, the Amaral car. And Waltrip can't put him away. He can't put him a lap down. They're back up in turn two. Off the number two corner. Again, Waltrip gets up alongside about a fender length inside. And Neal just pushes the button. He goes down the back chute. Waltrip now begins to chew at him a little bit in turn four. Cale Yarborough moves up on number 54, Lenny Pond. The battle is for second position down off the fourth turn into the first turn area. It is a real scramble for second place. On the outside groove, Pond takes it out of the corner. And Cale tries to work traffic. They run up on the bumper of Elmo Langley's car. He has to get out of the throttle for just a moment. Here he goes to the inside groove up in three. Here's Cale down low. Lenny Pond is high as they struggle out of that corner. They are side by side in the straightaway. And putting the hammer down is number 54. Lenny Pond trying to stay in front of Cale. He makes it into turn one. Pond this time puts, it, puts Cale right in behind Joe Boer's car. And Lenny is driving a magnificent race this afternoon. He's working traffic well. His car's handling beautifully. And he's thinking quite well ahead of everybody on the racetrack today. Again, he's got a good shot to win this one. And Ken, car number 72, Benny Parsons, is back in the race. Number 72, they changed the rear end and put him back to work. The Bound Automobile has gone back in the pits another time. Car number 77. Those here's Jarbo down the inside for the second place up the back chute. He's just about a fender length ahead as they go back into three and they're in heavy traffic. Side by side as they come to three. They pull up on Cecil Gordon. They're ready to wrap each other off the corner. Still side by side. Here's number five in between 70 and 92. Meanwhile, number 54 pulls back in front of number 11. On takes the outside group. They move around J.D. McDuffie and this crowd of an excess of 30,000 has come to their feet as they cheering Yarborough on to move back up front. He goes after Lenny Pond in turn three. Neil Bonnet is the big surprise. Remember, he's running in fourth and staying in front of Darrell Waltrip, trying to put him a lap down. And as Barney Hall has said, the Dodge is running very, very well in this half-mile track. He can't... That is Waltrip cannot get him a lap down. Kale again trying Lenny Pond. Pond is another driver giving up the inside. He has a fight on the outside, but he needs lap traffic if he's going to sustain that tactic. Here they are in turn three, and again, Kale is to the inside. It's 54, Lenny Pond on the outside. Wheel to wheel down to turn one. Back in the number one corner. This time, Kale's there. He's got the inside groove, and that's where you get around somebody. But Lenny doesn't give up an inch. They're door to door as they go out of the number two corner and up the back chute, and Kale pulls him by half a car length. Well, this is what this Virginia crowd has come to see, and Pond is giving Kale a real fight. Here they are, back up in turn four, still side by side. Down into the main straightaway, Kale makes his move. He has picked up second place. Pond falls back to third, but the front three automobiles are running within three and a half seconds of each other here as we get toward 200 laps complete. And the reason for Kale Yarborough's unscheduled pit stop was indeed a cut tire on the right rear. Neil Bonnet staying just in front of car number 88, Darrell Waltrip, and praying for caution so he can move around. He could be a real challenger before this afternoon is over. Waltrip working on his third win of the season, comes out of turn number two, pulls that Gatorade car for another shot at the Armorall machine, and doesn't make it coming into three. Directly in front of them is Richard Childress, Ronnie Thomas, and Roger Hamby up in front of uh, Childress's automobile. Back the leaders go into turn number one. Labonet's doing a splendid job of keeping himself in the same lap with the leader, Walter. But now Darrell taps him a little bit as they get out of the number two corner and up the back chute. And Kale has closed it down to about four car lengths right now between himself and the leader, Walter, as they get back into turn three. Kale 
is really humming. And one would wonder if Herb Nav has told number 54 not to get involved in these dogfights, to wait it out and let those guys struggle. Here comes 88 trying to get beneath number 5, bonded in turn 1. Walter tried to get the inside groove. Ronnie Thomas was there. He had to get out of the throttle for a moment. Now he goes after Bonnet again to try and put him a lap down. And as he does that, Cale has shut it down to just one car length between himself and the leader. Ed Negree is pitted. He comes back on the track again. Here's Waltrip trying the inside. Not successful as Neil Bonnet stays in that lead lap, but just barely. They're back in turn number one. They're about to lap some more automobiles. Traffic is playing a key factor here this afternoon because Bonnet is making that traffic work to his advantage. He'll set Waltrip up, let him get a fender alongside, then he'll swing him in from behind one of the slower cars, then he'll just accelerate away from him. But Waltrip doesn't give up. He goes after him in three and four. As they come down the main straightaway, Roger Hampy is being lapped by these strong competitors going into that first turn area. Still, car number 88, Waltrip is in front, and Hamby seemed to move out there, Barney. That, that groove is moving way out, Ken, as they're all kind of beginning to bend the sheet metal. You, you remember every race we've been here to Martinsville, it looks like they're all going to the scrap heap after the race is over. If you take a look at the dents and dings and the different colors of paint on everybody else's car, they're getting with the program here this afternoon. Back in the number one corner comes the leader, Waltrip. Again, he tries to get around Neil Bonnet. Bonnet has none of it. Cale dives to the inside, and Yarborough wants the lead. He goes after him in three. Well, I'll tell you, the goodies headache powder belongs to Waltrip right now. He's got Bonnet in front of him, and Cale Yarborough challenges him on the inside, and Cale's going to take the lead. Cale Yarborough giving Darrell Waltrip a man-sized headache in turn number three has taken the lead in turn four. He's out in front, and going back to second is car number 88, Waltrip with Pond still in third. And now let's see if number 11, Cale Yarborough, can move around number five, Neil Bonnet, there in turn three. Bonnet again comes in high. Here's car number 11, Cale Yarborough low, and as they come out of four, it's still Bonnet in front. They're moving to turn one. That car is strong. Bonnet's car running extremely well. A good maneuver by Cale a minute ago, Ken. He watched those two dice back and forth as Walter was trying to get around and he saw when he pulled in behind Bonnet that he had a place to go he took the inside groove and then Walter was trapped there and he, he got the lead he's back in turn number three hey, Ken, uh, Benny Parsons is 49 laps behind the leader okay here's Kale again trying to get beneath car number five Neil Bonnet's dodge and turn one doesn't make it or well, he may make it puts it down on the concrete he gets up there and again Neil just accelerates away out of the corner that dodge magnum is working superbly out of the turns that's where it's keeping Bonnet in the ballpark they can chase him down on the straightaway they can't do anything with him when they get off the corners Side by side in turn number one, Darrell Waltrip is trying to retake the lead from Cale Yarborough. He gets him out of the number two corner and pulls him by half a car length and something could have happened to Yarborough's car. He's a little bit off the pace. It's not working as well as it was earlier. So it's Waltrip back in first. Yarborough in second. Lenny Pond is maintaining third, but pulling away from the leaders is Neil Bonnet. Now remember, he's on the tail end of the lead lap, but Bonnet has pulled away from cars 88 and 11, and now Cale has slipped back about 10 car lengths behind the leader, Waltrip. Here's what's happened. First, it was Waltrip in front, and after eight or nine laps, hard fighting. It was Yarborough taking the lead, but Yarborough seems to have lost the handle now. It's Waltrip back in the lead. Car number 15. 
Allison slowed down on the outside of the track, and he finally came to rest on the outside of turn number four. He's trying to get across the track. He has brought out a caution flag. He's easing the Norris Industries car in, and this caution will move Neil Bonnet around, so we'll have Bonnet in the Dodge right in contention. Something is amiss. The car just won't fire. We can see him working the switch. He's directly across from us here in turn number four. The Norris Industries car has brought out the second caution of the day. Cale Yarborough came in the pits, and what happened down there? He came in and they raised the hood on that car, Ken. Of course, they changed tires while he was in. We've sent someone to see exactly what the problem was, but he is a lap down because as the caution came out, Waltrip came around and Cale was still sitting in the pits, and according to our calculations here, he's a lap behind. 88, just getting nailed. Car number 88, Waltrip, attempting to pit, was run into by Cecil Gordon, pulling out of the pits in car number 24, and the left bumper must be a little shook up out there. Yes, he did uh, bend it a little bit, and I'll tell you, if Darrell Waltrip gets through this day and finishes this race, let alone whether he wins it or not, he has to consider it a miracle because he has been in some close ones. I think they'll give him that headache award because he has had more trouble today than anybody here thus far. It has not been a goodie for old Darrell. We pause now for station identification. Car number 11, Yarborough, dropping one lap down with his pit stop. Is that agreed upon, gentlemen? Can we take a vote by the committee here? Jack, what do you think? I'd take a look at it, and I'll agree with you on this one. Looks like we're going to get a green flag this time, as Ned Jarrett told us. Well, we've got number five, Neil Bonneden, making a quick stop. And, and so is David Pearson, but they're out and, and running right now. They'll have to fall into the tail of the field. And so is Marcus, and we're going to have 54, Lenny Pond, back out in front. I'll tell you, Lenny is looking better and better out here today. He could get his first Grand National win. He was on the pole for the first time to start this race, and the Virginia fans just loved it here. 35,000 of them here, a new record for this racetrack. Ken, before the green uh, unfurls. We have a report that Cale Yarborough's car is overheating. Uh, here's number five, Neil Bonnet, moving around some automobiles and trying to get in here to fight it out with these leaders. An overheating problem on Cale Yarborough's automobile. Bonnet really slammed up through the traffic to get around the lap cars and get up here to fight. And indeed, he's up in there now. He's about a quarter of a lap behind the leader, number 54, Lenny Pond. In second spot is car number 88, Darrell Waltrip. And in third is Neil Bonnet with car number 11 reported as a lap down. Does that stand up, Ned? Yes, I believe that. In fact, I've seen Darrell Waltrip pass him while Cale was sitting in the pits. In the fourth position, then, would be car number 11, Yarborough, and in fifth is David Pearson, in sixth is Richard Petty, in seventh is Richard Childress, or in seventh, yes, is Richard Childress, as Allison has dropped back into the pits, and in the eighth position now is car number two, Dave Marcus, while in ninth would be the car number 17 of Roger Hamby. Again, they've refired the Norris Industries car, and Bobby Allison returns to the racetrack. So that would put him in 10th, and in 11th is Buddy Arrington, and in 12th is James Hilton. Here come the leaders, 54 and 88, and it's 54 in front out of turn number four. The orange stripe, green and white, number 54 of Lenny Pond, and right behind him, the white-green car of Darrell Waltrip, and that's where the battle is, Barney. Well, these two share hopes. Here comes Waltrip down to the inside. He got a little jump off that corner as he goes after the lead on him up in turn three. He may get it. Here they are, side-by-side side in three, and a little better bite seems to work on that Waltrip car, and he comes back off the Chevrolet Monte Carlo of Darrell Waltrip. Number 88 is retaking the lead still another time from Lenny Pond and his Chevrolet. Well, neither one cracked the throttle as they hit turn number two, but up the back chute, Waltrip pulls him by just about a half a car length, and the Cale Yarborough car is still not right. He is losing ground. Richard Petty has moved around him. David Pearson is just getting around him up in three. 
Neil Bonnet is making a tremendous run in car number five. He is in third and showing just about a quarter of a lap behind the leader. And the Virginia bands are up, waving their hats in glee over the performance of Lenny Pond and shaking their fist to Darrell Waltrip. They'd like to have him slow down a little, Jack. Well, Darrell Waltrip, though, is one that does not mince words, Ken, and he is he has just flat said that he is going to be a great race driver, and a lot of people either love him or hate him because of his attitude about the way he approaches Winston Cup racing. Well, of course, here in Virginia, it's a very partisan crowd of 35,000 today that want to see a Virginian come through and win, first one since Joe Weatherly way back when, to win here on this great track, the Martinsville Speedway. Here out of turn number four comes car number 88, and here's 92, Skip Manning, who's had an on-again, off-again afternoon. He's off again back into the pits. 220 laps complete, showing 54, 88, and 5. Lenny Pond, Darrell Waltrip, and Neil Bonnet in the lead lap, then running in fourth, one lap down is Kelly Arborough, while in fifth is Petty, two laps down in the same lap with car number 21, David Pearson. In seventh, and what a story on Marcus. He hangs right in there. He can really move up in the stand today with car number two. Then the eighth position is car number three. That is Richard Childress. And in the ninth position, Buddy Arrington. He's up a couple of spots. In tenth is Hilton. Running in eleventh is Allison now. And in the twelfth position would be the car number 45 of Baxter Price. His car, a maroon blue numeral car with white piping coming down the main straightaway and being lapped by car number 54, Lenny Pond, the second place machine, as they go to turn number one. What's different down there now as we reach toward the halfway point in turns one and two and the way the cars are handling, Barney? Well, the groove is moving out. It always does. As the race progresses, the time the thing is over, Ken, they're usually running out. There are four grooves here. Actually, there are five, but there are four that are usable. That fifth one is if you get an itch, you're going to pick up a piece of concrete in the side of the car. They're running out at about the two and a half groove right now, right in the middle of the turn, really, and it continues to move out. We haven't talked too much about David Pearson this afternoon. You're talking about somebody that wanted to win here at Martinsville in the form of Lenny Pond. The Wood Brothers would like to pick up a win here. They live just up the road in Stewart, Virginia, and they felt like they had the best chance here they'd had since the early 70s. Uh, this is a super speedway car they brought here to Martinsville, and they came and they worked really hard all week, put a lot of extra effort into it, and Pearson, who's driving his heart out here this afternoon to try and run with the leaders, and he's not that bad off right now. He said this with a little luck, they could win this race, and they could. Barney, we talked to David yesterday about Ned Jarrett, our pit commentator, because we had heard a story during the week that one time they had a little altercation, as they say, on the racetrack and almost came to blows over it. Yeah, I remember. It would have if he'd have stopped, but he wouldn't stop. <laughs> uh, that happened in, uh, I guess it's random in North Carolina, a little track they have down in extra Richard Petty's country there. No, I, I did hit him uh, during the race, and uh, of course, I don't know where he thought I hit him from Manus or not, but uh, he actually waited on me. He was just running slow right on the inside of the racetrack, which I had no idea that he was going to, you know, uh, just pull up in front of me and just run me into the wall because uh, I knew that I didn't hit him from Manus or anything like that, but uh, I guess he thought so, and he just flat run me in the wall. So. Are you glad that he's now a pit commentator and not driving out there with you? No, I like to run with Ned. I've always, you know, run with him. We had a lot of good close uh, races, but uh, that's all over with now, you know, and, of course, uh, we're good friends. Pearson tells it all on Gentleman Ned. 
to have quite a temper in this business, didn't you? Yeah, I guess we did. <laughs> hey, I got a report from K.O. Yarborough's car. We, me- we mentioned earlier that it was overheating. Actually, what has happened, the steering box, uh, is, is the exhaust pipe is rubbing against the steering box, heating up the grease in the steering box, making it difficult for him to steer. But more than that, it's causing fumes to come up in the car, and Kale is getting sick. Chuck Bowen is standing by to go in the car. And on Bobby Allison's car, number 15, the reason that he pulled up and stopped the coil wire broke on that car. He had no power, so he chose to pull her up on the outside of the track. Of course, they could fix it under the caution and lose lesser time that way, too. Chuck Bowen is getting to be quite a relief driver, Ken, at Darlington Raceway after his car was KO'd from competition. He got into an ill-handling Ricky Rudd machine, brought it home in 10th position. Now we see him helmet in hand, waiting for Cale Yarbrough to stand in relief if he's needed. Lenny Pond is currently fifth in the national standings, and he's making a great run here today. He could pull up a spot with Bobby Allison in trouble, as he is, and Cale having trouble. That car gets worse and doesn't finish. I'll tell you, the national standings are going to be somewhat scrambled. Parsons led Dave Marcus in the national standings by 103 points going into today's race. And then Cale Yarborough was third, Allison was fourth, Lenny Pond is in fifth. Now already ailing out here, Parsons is 47 laps down. He's just trying to make up some points at the present time. Allison is ailing. Waltrip can move up the way things now stand. Pond could take a real move, and Marcus with this car, that uh, number two, the Austerlin car, the Shoney's Restaurant Automobile, could really be in the hunt for the national championship when it is over. And remember, Marcus has yet to win a race, but he's had good, consistent finishes in the eight previous events. It's the Virginia 500 here at Martinsville, and right now, it's Darrell Waltrip seeking his third win of the 1978 campaign on the $4.5 million Winston Cup Tour. Car number 11, Kaylee Arborough, maintaining fourth, a lap behind the leaders. The front three cars being Darrell Waltrip, then Lenny Pond, and then Neil Bonnet. Showing a bit of smoke as he came by this time. Do you think there's something more wrong with that car, perhaps in the rear end now as well, Barney? There's an awful lot of smoke coming from almost any direction on the car, Ken, as you, as you see. I think there could be. He's in the pits, coming, the pits right now. But that smoke could be coming from that steering box that that is overheating so badly as a result of it being against the exhaust pipes. Let's see if there's a driver replacement here, Ned. Ken, they're checking to see where all it's that on smoke fire. is coming from. The car has caught on fire. There's fire rushing out from beneath the automobile. It is rolling back down pit road. Here's the safety crew coming in. The fire crew is there with Kaylee Arborough's automobile. You could see a trail of fire following behind the car and then catching up to the machine. No caution is out. This, of course, is on pit road. And we understand that it is the rear end on that car that was so hot, and when they started to put gasoline in it, they might have spilt just a little bit, and that, of course, caused the fire. So Cale Yarborough's hopes for the national championship again this year stand another hard right hand of the head here today. Car is on dry. They, they may get it back in, but it, too, will be way down, as is Benny Parsons. Now, they put out the dry chemical. I believe that's Purple K they're using, and... Uh, it's, it's like a fog. We can't hardly see the car. It's now dissipating, blowing into the infield. A good stout breeze here this afternoon. And now they're looking beneath the automobile. Quick action, though, Ken, with the crews on that GMC safety fire trucks there at the end of pit road. They had the fire out well before it came to full blaze. Car number 88, it is still Waltrip first, Lenny Pond in second, and now they're rolling car number 11 back behind the wall. A grim day for Kaylee Arbor. I talked to him this morning, asked him, 
asked him if he was rested up for today, and he said, oh, yeah, he said, you have to be rested up for this track or you shouldn't be out there. This is three weeks in a row where he's had problems and real serious problems, and yesterday, before the race started, I asked him if they were beginning to bother him. You know, uh, we've had two pretty tough weeks in a row, but I still can't complain. Things have been, uh, you know, going pretty good for us last couple of years, even though we've had some tough luck this year. I really feel like that uh, things are going to turn around and go our way. So we have now 250 laps complete. 250, and here's how the thing stands. Car number 88 at uh, 250, that's halfway complete. It is Waltrip in the first position. Running second is Pond, and third is Neil Bonnet in the same lap. Now moving into fourth is Richard Petty. Up to fifth goes David Pearson. Into sixth goes Dave Marcus, while in seventh is Buddy Arrington. In eighth is Richard Childress, and in ninth is Roger Hamby. In tenth is James Hilton. Eleventh is still showing Allison. In twelfth is Ronnie Thomas, and in thirteenth at the present time would be Baxter Price, while in fourteenth is Cecil Gordon. Those are the standings at the present time. Jack? Ken, things, this will be the last short track race that we will see for a while. We'll be moving to the super speedway circuit. And what's fun to watch there is the seesaw back and forth and choice of cars. We get to Talladega, Alabama for the Winston 500. The super sleek, low-nosed machines come out. And when you're talking about speeds here of 88 miles per hour, you get to Talladega, you're going down that backstretch at over 200 miles an hour. So the Magnum, and we've been talking a lot about Petty's problems and a lot about Neil Bonnet with his Dodge Magnums. A lot of people say that's where the victory is going to come for Dodge in the Winston 500 with the way Petty ran so well at Daytona in the uh, Daytona 500 till the tire went away. Have a couple more positions we can offer too, Jack. Car number 52, Jimmy Means, who's been in and out of the pit several times, is being shown in 15th. And Ed Negree, car number 8, is now being shown in 16th position. Negree at the halfway point in 16th spot. Kaylee Arborough's automobile in big trouble here this afternoon. We'll give you more on that shortly. And Martin. we have a report that they are changing the rear end on that car, and they do expect to get it back in the race. Here's a couple more positions. 17th is now Almo Langley, and back in 18th is Benny Parsons, while in the 19th position is car number 74, that which is, is the Joe Boer, Boer car. Joe Boer's automobile. Bobby Wolak was originally assigned. Joe Boer is now driving. And then in 19th position is car number 40, D.K. Ulrich, who made a pretty stout run at the top of the race and has had problems since. Halfway. 250 laps are now actually coming up to 260, but at the halfway point, how about the records, Jack? Well, we didn't break the track record, Ken. The record race and track record set last year in this race by Cale Yarbrough was 80.592 miles per hour. Just a tad off it because the speed thus far in the event in 1978 is 78.859 miles per hour. We had three quick records in succession and then those caution laps have slowed things down considerably, but it's still a pretty torrid pace for 500 laps here. It sure is, and they could come back up on a record uh, if there is no more foreboding yellow flags out here from the flagman down to our right. We're located in the fourth turn for our announced position. Barney Hall is down in turns one, and Ned Jarrett's in the pits. So we're bringing you the action of the Virginia 500 today, which still sees Waltrip out in front with Lenny Pond holding on to second and Neil Bonnet maintaining third all in the same lap. I cannot recall as many rear-end problems at this racetrack in the last couple of years have befallen many of the leaders today. Uh, before, it was always brakes. Brakes was what they talked about. They said the rears were a problem, but today, that seems to be the factor. The rear end's letting go, and the brakes seem to be holding up, with the exception of the Dick Brooks car. 
You know, while we were talking a moment ago about Talladega, that sportsman race on Saturday, Jeff Bodine, who just did a marvelous job here yesterday, went flag to flag, and Jack will be telling you more about that on the Goodyear Racing Scoreboard later, is going to take the Dick Armstrong Speedway sportsman car down there, and he's going to have his hands full because uh, Bobby Allison is trying to get enough races in to uh, be in that sportsman race, and of course Butch Lindley and Presley are having a heck of a battle. They're, they were in Southside Virginia, the land of Sonny Hutchins on Friday, and they're up in Milton, Vermont, the opener of our favorite uh, Catamount Stadium this afternoon, where I understand they've got a hellacious crowd today to see the Southerners against the Northerners. They're all going to be at Talladega on the two-and-a-half-mile track for a Sportsman 300 the day before the 500 coming up here in May. That's going to be a rubber match, too, because Ray Hendrick, who normally drives that car and put that car in victory lane for the first Alabama 300, will be at a Junie Dunleavy car, number 90, and there was a, not a friendly parting of the ways between those two drivers. In fact, Bodine had told Dick Armstrong, his crew chief, if you don't let me drive that late model sportsman car and get rid of Hendrick, I'm not going to run your modified. And Hendrick was out of a ride in less than 10 minutes as soon as Armstrong heard about that. And they'll get back together down there in uh, Talladega, Alabama for the Alabama 300. And it's going to be interesting to see because Hendrick can flat run the pants off a late model sportsman. And Joe Milliken's going to be there too in one of those Dodge automobiles. That's going to be a fair show. There's a lot of good sportsman racing coming around as well as on the short tracks. Uh, of course, the Charlotte Motor Speedway has won the day before the World 600 and the Can-Am cars are going to be down there too. So uh, for you fans that like big weekends coming up here in early May, it's Talladega, Alabama for the Winston 500 and for that sportsman race. And then uh, at the end of the month down in uh, Charlotte, the sportsman cars will be in action and the Can-Am. Am cars and, and the, the Charlotte Speedway. Those are two dandies. Uh, Charlotte's done a lot of improvement this year, and of course, it's so much fun to see these cars running flat out at Talladega. The thing that's been real fun to see this year, though, in a year of fluctuating attendance for a lot of other professional sports, Ken, not only are all the Winston Cup Grand National races posting record attendance, it's 35,000 plus here today, but the pre race festivities, the Friday, Saturday shows that they bring in as part of this carnival of speed, they're setting attendance records as well, not only in terms of attendance, but in terms of competition. The, the stuff is as good as you see on a Sunday afternoon. certainly was yesterday, and again, Jack will bring you up to date on that report on the Modifieds who were here yesterday. Today, they're off up in the north once again, but they had a sensational race and a big crowd here for that event yesterday afternoon, and in and, and synopsis, Jeff took it, but there's a lot more to that story, and, and Jack will have it for you later, as well as a report on Kenny Roberts, who is in Brands Hatch, England this afternoon, trying to win a world championship race. He's running for the motorcycle world title in 750cc. We'll have an update as to how Kenny Roberts, for you motorcycle fans, has made out. That's coming up later this afternoon. A lot of concern about Kenny Roberts as well, as he was admitted to the hospital in Brands Hatch, England on Friday afternoon with food poisoning as there was some question as to whether he would be able to start his Yamaha this afternoon. I don't think it was poisoning at all. I think it was the tea he couldn't get used to. We're 270 laps down here this afternoon in a 500 lap $111,000 Carnival of Speed at Martinsville, Virginia. Here's Petty out of control in turn number four. He flat had it sideways. He was dirt tracking down through into turn number one, Barney. Car's not been working well for him at all. It's Compare the two Dodge Magnums between his and Neil Bonnet's. It's like on a scale of 1 to 10, it's about 9. Petty being out of shape all afternoon. The car has just not worked well. On the other hand, Bonnet is not losing any ground to the leader, but Lenny Pond is, Ken, as Darrell Waltrip continues to set a blistering pace. Lenny is now a little better than a straightaway behind. But for Petty, it's just been a litany of bad luck starting with the flat at Daytona. Well, yeah, it just looked like it, it got started and it's just not got off our back. And, uh, 
like I say, it, it, it comes and goes, and right now we're, we finished two races, so uh, we, we're hoping that that is a good omen and that we can start finishing from here in. If we can, if we can start working the deal where we can start finishing, then we can start running on it. When you got a situation like that, though, when you start to turn it around, does it really pump the team back up? Do they start to get a renewed enthusiasm? Well, just for us, just to finish, it made them feel a lot better because they've been working, doing the same work that they used to when we won. All of a sudden, they're doing the same work, and you're losing, and uh, you continue to do the same work, and you start finishing, so you feel like you're gaining them. The Gatorade Chevrolet stays in front here, as you heard the voice of Richard Petty on the Motor Racing Network. It is still Waltrip in the lead with car number 54, Lenny Pond in second place. And it looks like the third prize today for $1,000 is going to end up in the pocket of Darrell Waltrip. He's down in turn number one, getting a pretty healthy advantage over the second place runner. Meanwhile, in third is car number five, Bonnet. And Bonnet seems to be creeping up a little on car number 54 at this time, Barney. He's running well, Kenny. He's, he's as quick as any car on the... Whoops, there's trouble on Bonnet's car as he came into the corner. A lot of smoke suddenly came out front of the car. He looked like he got completely out of the throttle. You can check him in that end of the speedway and see if you see the smoke there. Here in turns three and four, the Armorall car is coming around in a very high groove, and there is a little smoke out of the back end. And as Jack remarked earlier, the rear ends on these cars are really in trouble today. And, Ken, there's still change in the rear end on Kale Yarborough's car. An update on that situation. Kale was sick when he got out of the car. They took him over to the, the rescue squad and gave, gave him some oxygen. Meanwhile, Dick Brooks had suited up, buckled up in the car, ready to go back out in it. Then Kale came back over and said, I believe I'm okay, and he's in the car ready to go as soon as they get it uh, ready to go again. And Dick Brooks is here with us. Uh, Dick, you had problems with your own car, and look like everywhere you walk, there's problems. Well, I tell you, we've had it this year, and I, I just come walking up here, and I said, if anybody needs anybody knocked out, all I got to do is go stand in the pits a while, and they'll fall out or something. <laughs> Our old car broke down, and, I, and Kale was getting sick, so they asked me if I'd come down there, so I went down there. And I, I hadn't been there for just a few laps, and the car come in, and just as he pulled up, it exploded, and thing, we're in burn up on it, so they're going to change that now. Kale uh, had taken a lot of fumes, I guess, and he was getting sick, and that was the biggest part of the problem. And so uh, and that, now that they're going to change the rear and stuff, they got him all pumped back up, and he wants to get back in it. So. Did the power do much damage to the car? No, it didn't hurt anything. It started up inside the car, up, up in the back, right in the back window. And overflow, I guess, is probably what they've got. I don't know what they, for sure it is up there, but I'm sure it's an overflow or vent tube for, uh, for the rear end cooler. And uh, that's where the fire started, and uh, then it spread down, you know, of course, across the bottom where the oil was running out. So really it didn't do any damage at all to the thing. Uh, when they pulled the rear end, when they pulled the gear out itself, dropped it down, it exploded again. And uh, they shot it all full of uh, that fire retardant, and they had the other one that they were getting ready to put in laying right there, so they just covered it up, too. So then they had to clean it up. Dick, why so much rear-end problems here today? Well, there always has been a little bit of problem here, uh, uh, Martinsville. Uh, this is kind of a, a Chrysler. When I was driving Chrysler, they had kind of an in-between gear here, and it just, uh, it just had a lot of trouble with it. Chrysler, back in about 71 or 72, built a new gear, a special gear for this place, and... Uh, and they stopped having trouble with it, but uh, it just, uh, you know, the way the track's laid out, you run one wheel on the asphalt, one wheel on concrete, and uh, I think uh, just, you know, the conditions with the tires and the track being the way it is today, you're slipping tire, slipping uh, one wheel more than you used to or something, or one's getting a little bite more than it used to or normally does, and uh, and that just creates a lot of extra work for the, for the rear end, and I think that's probably part of the problem. Okay, Ken, that's the word from an expert. Something seems to be amiss on the Armorall Dodge. The 
car coming off the corners doesn't seem to light up just like it did earlier. And what about it, Jack? And his battle to, to move up on car number 54, is he is he moving any ground at all? Not closing. In fact, everybody's beginning to pull away. Your leader, Waldrop, it was nine seconds for several laps. He's moved it up to just a tad under 11 seconds. And everybody's beginning to stretch out just a little bit here as we head to the second half of this race. 287 laps are now down in this 500-lap event. It's still Waltrip in the Gatorade car first, number five, or 54 is in second. I think that would be a, a mismatch on this. We have a report of five in second, Jack, and that, that can't be happening. 54, Lenny Pond in second, then number five, running in third. Running in fourth, a lap down is Richard Petty. Running in fifth is car number, actually that's two laps down. In fifth is car number 21, David Pearson. And then in sixth is Marcus in the number two. And if he just hangs in there today, he's going to move in. He probably will not take the, the Winston Cup lead for the national championship, emblematic of the national championship, away this afternoon. But uh, he definitely will close ground in that battle. In seventh spot is car number 17, and there's one of the rookie drivers who's really doing well. Roger Hamby is up in the seventh spot. Running in eighth is car number 67, Martinsville's own Buddy Arrington. And they're averaging 79.329 miles per hour. How does that fit in your record book? Well, it's still a tad below it, Ken. With the at the 250 lap mark, Yarbrough had it has the record at 80.592. When we hit the 300 lap mark, we'll be shooting for 80.090 miles per hour. Also held by Cale Yarbrough. And Ken, the smoke is getting stronger on Neil Bonney's car. He just pulled to the inside of the track the last time around and let Bobby Allison move by him, but now he's moved back to the outside, passing some other cars. We thought he was coming into the pits, but he's staying out there. A big cheer as Cale Yarbrough's car comes down the main straightaway. Back on the track is Cale Yarbrough, and we'll get a report as to how many laps down he is from Ned Jarrett here shortly. 54, Pond is directly in front of car number 11 Yarborough, but it's no longer the intense battle that it was between those two as Yarborough came in with a hot seat earlier. The car on fire, brought out the rescue squad, they put the fire out, they've changed the rear end and put it back to work. The Gatorade car, number 88, all cuffed in the front end. It has really taken a few smacks, stays in front, and this is the Chevrolet Monte Carlo and is running very, very well. It was still showing some of the bruises and abrasions of North Wilkesboro, where Yarborough, or rather where Waltrip was victorious in his last outing. And he sure likes these short tracks. This Martinsville Speedway is where he won his very first Winston Cup Grand National Race, and he may be on his way to another victory here this afternoon. Jack? Well, we asked him yesterday, Ken, if he'd maybe found the trick on how to get around the short tracks as all his victories have come in the short track part of the circuit. No, just being careful, I guess. Uh, car's running good. I mean, you know, we've been on the outside pole five out of the first uh, eight races, and the car has been competitive. We've led, and if it hadn't been for uh, problems at Rockingham and Atlanta, we'd be right in the hunt, you know, but... Uh, I'm real pleased with the car, and uh, it's just running good. And, it's, you know, I like short tracks. I've always raced on them all my life, and uh, I should be able to run good on the small racetracks. Now, some of you folks have been inquiring about the point standings. Here's, here is the exact count. Going into today's race, Benny Parsons leads in the Winston Cup standings with 1,349 points. 103 points behind him is Dave Marcus. Remember now that Parsons has scored... 
two victories this season, and he's had a phenomenal year. Along with his two victories, he also has come up with two second-place finishes this year, and he's recorded three third-place finishes, and once he was back in sixth spot, which has been phenomenal. But that phenomenon may end this afternoon. He's 49 laps down. Marcus has not won this year. He's been in the top five five times in the top ten seven of the first eight events. Cale Yarborough, defending Winston Cup national champion is third with 1,187 points, 1187. And behind him is Bobby Allison with 1144. Allison in fourth. And then comes Lenny Pond, fifth, 1114 points. And Pond could really take the jump. Now, as to how many points these cars get for a victory. The standard is 175 points automatically, 170 points for second, 165 for third, 160 for fourth, fifth place is 155, then sixth place is 150. So in those first six positions, there's a five-point graduate. Behind that is a four-point graduate, and there is a five-point bonus for leading a race, and a five-point bonus as well for the man who leads the most lap of a race. In terms of competition index, which we keep track of all year, too, this is a disappointing day for Benny Parsons. He was leading in those categories as well, having only failed to finish 17 laps of the available laps thus far in the circuit. And going some 47-plus down here today, that'll knock him out of that quite easily. We'll take a look at those rookie standings for the Winston Cup honors this year. The first National City's Travelers Check $10,000 prize in a moment. Lenny Pond remains in second place in the win car. The Gatorade car is first. The Armor All car is in third position. The STP Dodge of Richard Petty is in fourth. And the Pirelli Mercury rides here in fifth as we've gone past the 300 lap mark. We have now 303 laps complete here this afternoon. And it's still very much a Darrell Waltrip afternoon with 303 laps complete. He is leading by a substantial margin over the second place runner Lenny Pond and it may be that Pond is just taking a different attack here today. 197 laps to go uh, even though they've completely changed the air induction on the front to keep those brakes cool on Waltrip's car he is certainly giving it a very hard run. It looks smooth but when problems begin they, they get there in a hurry on these cars on this half mile track. That's where we are today. Martinsville Virginia. We're watching car number five Neil Bodadoff turn number four and a little shower of smoke from beneath that car another time. Waltrip's lead is 15.64 seconds over Lenny Pond. And there is now a lap difference between cars 88 and 54 in the lead lap. Waltrip and Pond and the third place car, which is Neil Bonnet. In fourth place, Richard Petty. In fifth, it is David Pearson. Then in sixth is the Shoney's restaurant car with Dave Marcus, while in seventh is Roger Hamby, the rookie. And in eighth is Buddy Arrington, while in ninth is James Hilton. In 10th is Ronnie Thomas. In 11th is Richard Childress. In 12th is Bobby Allison. And in the 13th position is car number 45, Baxter Price. The rookie standings going into today's race, Roger Hamby was first for that $10,000 First National City Travelers Check Award. And for second place was Ronnie Thomas, while Roland Wolotica of Los Gatos, California was third. Wolotica is not here today. Jimmy Lee Capps was fourth, Blackie Wenger in fifth, 
Woody Fisher six. Chuck Bound was in seventh. Bound will be moving up a little today after qualifying for this event and running well, but still Hamby and Thomas are the kids to watch for Rookie of the Year honors right now. Roger Hamby, a neat guy, big, strong, strapping race driver. Ronnie Thomas, a little bit smaller in stature, but has that marvelous sense of humor of his famous dad, Jabe Thomas. I guess you could call it a marvelous sense of humor. I like to listen to Jabe talk to Ronnie because if you put them behind a billboard, as Barney said so many times, you couldn't tell who was talking. They seem to be carbon copies of each other. Lenny Pond and Herb Nab, you know, when, when they got together this year, a lot of people said the team ought to be the super team of the year. They ought to come out and win right out of the box. Almost happened in Richmond, Virginia. But now it looks as if there might have been some difficulties in terms of meshing two separate philosophies, one of Lenny Pond and one of Herb Nab. And I asked Lenny just how tough it was to get the two together. Well, it is different. You know, it's, it's, um, he's used to wait K.O. like to call for the last three or four years. And, and on all tracks, I don't like it the same way. And, uh, you know, this is one thing that has bothered us some because I tend to like a car song to the K.O. And uh, I don't think either way is right or either way is wrong. But I, the thing we got to do is, is get the car comfortable for me. I'm the one driving now. Well, the car looks comfortable right now, and for the first time in several laps, let's watch number 88. As he came out of turn number four, he took a very high groove in this last lap and looked as if he was losing a bit of time. Now, here he is again out of turn number four, and this time he's back in the groove. Before he came all the way out, he was in the marbles, and the car was getting a little loose. This time he's back in it again. It could be just one lap. Didn't quite crack it the way he wanted to as he went into number three and made this car set to come through turn four. 312 laps are complete. We still have, at the halfway mark, we had 20 of the 30 automobiles still in competition, and they're hanging in here this afternoon, which is just amazing. So many cars have had trouble. They've come in. They've changed rear ends, and that's got to be hot work. You really have to have your asbestos mittens on for that, as we've seen cars catch on fire, tremendous amount of smoke out of them. That's got to be a very careful job out there. It's like uh, rubbing down a porcupine when you've got a rear end as hot as these are, Ned. Yes, it is a very hard, hot job, Ken, but those fellows go right at it as if, uh, you know, they were at a service station doing something, but they do it much quicker than they would do it at a service station. We have a report that Cale Yarborough is 45 laps down to the leader, and so it took the Junior Johnson crew just a few less laps to change the rear end on that car than it did the Benny Parsons crew, because when Benny came back out, he was 49 laps down, but he picked up a couple of laps then to make him, I think, about 47 laps right now. We had a lot of tire troubles earlier, and it, that seems to have stabilized a little bit. We've noticed the tires that were taken off the last time during the last caution, they were not blistered quite as bad as earlier, and I think one reason for that is the pace has slowed just a little bit because they were turning the track at a tremendous pace earlier in the event. They should have to make uh, one more stop. Should this race go all the way under the, the green flag, they could make it on one more stop, but uh, by that time, they'll be getting those tires pretty well worn down, and of all the front-running cars, Darrell Waltrip's crew, we checked with most of them up and down pit road, and his was the only one that had not had any kind of tire problems, so that's just an indication of how that car is handling here today. A couple of changes in the standings at 310 laps. The 10th position has changed. Car number three, Richard Childress, has taken 10th, and the driver previously in 10th, which was Ronnie Thomas, has dropped to 11th. Showing in 12th is car number 45, Baxter Price, and that's a move up. In 12th previously was number 15, uh, Bobby Allison. He has fallen back at least two positions. Baxter Price is now in the 12th position and moving up into the 
13th position is Jimmy Means. Allison falls to 14th. 320 laps have been completed. It's still Waltrip out of Owensboro, Kentucky and Franklin, Tennessee in front and the Virginian Lenny Pond trying to give the partisan Virginian crowd here at Martinsville today a victory. He rides in second position. The last time that a Virginian won here at Martinsville was 1961. Joe Weatherly did it in a Pontiac in the Old Dominion 500. That was when they pulled it off last. Freddie Lorenzen was on the pole in those happy bygone days. Motor Racing Network moves to Talladega, Alabama for the May 7th running of the world's fastest race, the Winston 500, on Sunday, May 7th. The Mason-Dixon 500 on May the 21st from Dover Downs in Dover, Delaware. The World 600 is here on Motor Racing Network come May the 28th from the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Charlotte, North Carolina. Then... MRN will take you to California for the Napa Riverside 400 on the road course at Riverside, California. That's Sunday, June 11th on most of these same radio stations. June 18th, the Gabriel 400 from Michigan International Speedway, Brooklyn, Michigan. July 4th, we'll be broadcasting the Firecracker 400 on Tuesday, July 4th from the Daytona International Speedway. Sunday, July 16th, United States Auto Club Championship Racing from... Michigan International Speedway, the Norton 200, and on July 30th, it will be the Coca-Cola 500 from the Pocono International Raceway, live and direct on most of these same stations over the Motor Racing Network. Jack? Ken, we were talking about the tires and the problems that we've been having on the tires, and we understand Barney Hall has got a report on some of the work that the Goodyear tire people have done to compensate for the difference in the asphalt pavement here and the concrete on the inside. Barney? I'm sure that was one of the reasons they a new type tire for the Martinsville Speedway. The inside groove on this racetrack is cement. It's concrete. There's quite a bit of difference between the surface of that concrete and the asphalt. And as half the cars run here early in the race, they'll have the, the left side wheels down on the concrete. The right side wheels will be up on the asphalt. You get a different bite on the two compounds, and it's, that's probably one of the reasons also the rear ends could be ringing loose in these cars because they'll have a tendency to spin a little bit getting off the concrete on that left side. I think Dick Brooks may be with Ned Jarrett. Yes, that's exactly what Dick told us a little bit earlier. And Dick, is that uh, basically the way it is? Well, I think so, Ned. If you look at the cars now, they're they're uh, Lenny and uh, and Darrell both are running way high, and they've got all four wheels up on the up on the asphalt, and they're not losing any tires anymore. And I know in, in our case and in uh, Pearson's case, we were losing left side tires. So maybe the compound. Uh, was just a little bit wrong for the ash or for the concrete. The concrete's a little bit rough also and the tire will bounce and chatter on it just a little bit. So I don't know, you see right now Lenny's running a way high and uh, higher than he has been the last few laps in fact and uh, uh, Daryl's moved up good so if we're not having tire trouble anymore that's about gotta be the problem. 320 laps have now been completed with car number 88. Waltrip still in first. Number 54, Lenny Pond running in the second spot. And the third spot is car number 5, Bonnet. Still smoking a little, but staying right in there. One lap down. In fourth is Richard Petty. Fifth is David Pearson. Sixth is car number 2, Marcus. And seventh is Roger Hamby with eighth, Buddy Arrington. Ninth, car number 48, James Hilton. And running tenth is car number 3, Richard Childress. The changes take place between the 11th and 14th positions. Allison is back up to 11th with car number 15. Ronnie Thomas moves back into 12th. 
moving back to 13, falling a couple of spots, is the car number 45 of Baxter Price, and then running in the 14th position would be car number 52, Jimmy Means, another of the Alabama drivers. As we watch these drivers do 500 laps on a half-mile bullring like this, Ken, Sports Illustrated, in their scoreboard section several issues back, carried a story about a doctor in Charlotte, North Carolina, that did some tests with these drivers to see how they compared to other athletes. And he came out with his report, they say it was leaked, that these drivers are not athletes. And I just could not resist asking old Jaws Waltrip just what he thought about that SI report about drivers. Are they athletes or aren't they athletes? Well, I didn't go to the the Charlotte affair for that very reason. You know, uh, no matter what you did, if you went over there and you were Charles Atlas, uh, it wouldn't have made any difference because, uh, you know, reporters just seem to have a negative attitude toward uh, how much skill, how much ability, and how much finesse, and all the things that go into making a great athlete are involved in driving a race car. These turkeys think you can just get in the thing and bolt yourself down and go race, and, uh, you know, it's not that easy. I, I swear, I, I've said it many a time, I don't believe there's a another athlete that could stand the mental anguish that you have to go through and the noise factor, things that they don't even ever think about. A 600 horsepower engine roaring in your ear for three and a half hours will unnerve anybody. And not counting the heat and the strain of turning the wheels of a 3,700 pound stock car, you know, it just really upsets me and I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to hear it. I don't really feel that we have to justify ourselves. I feel that we're athletes uh, maybe in a we're such good athletes that uh, we may be a step above the rest of them and they just can't appreciate it. They say, though, psychologically that there are a lot of parallels for a driver and what he has to go through in terms of mental preparation and mental conditioning as, let's say, a long-distance runner uh, that's out there doing, doing 25 miles like the recent Boston Marathon. Yeah, well, I, you know, I've said this. Obviously, we don't need to train the same way that a football player does or we don't need to train the same way that a basketball player does. Uh, I'd say that we're more in, uh, would compare more to a, a person that runs, an athlete like you're talking about, a marathoner maybe. You have to psych yourself up. You have to be able to run a long time, a great distance, three and a half hours normally. And uh, I'd say that's a good comparison between us and a marathoner. Uh, and, uh, who, you know, they're the, probably in better shape than anybody in the whole world. So uh, you can draw all sorts of comparisons. You can criticize. Uh, you can do whatever you want to, but I challenge anybody, football player, basketball player, Muhammad Ali, if he can get his butt in this race car and drive it around the racetrack and do the kind of job that the top-notch race drivers do, then uh, I'll re-evaluate my stand. <laughs> well, here comes Willie T. Ribs. <laughs> While that was going on, it looks like Darrell Walker has caught Lenny Pond and may put the second-place car a lap down. Here they are out of turn number four. And here's Walter trying to move around Lenny Pond as they go back into turn number one. Barney? He's been chasing him about four laps like this. He's waiting to get him there in traffic again. And Walter takes the inside group, tries to get him off the number two corner. And Pond's going to squeeze him over behind Cecil Gordon a little bit and hang out of that spot. But Walter definitely tried to put the second place car one lap down. So he's having a phenomenal run here. Darrell Waltrip in the Gatorade car showing the marks of the conflict at North Wilkesboro is about, let's see, 340. It's getting down there now. About 160 laps. He may win it. Now, here we are out of turn number two. 
with Pond on the outside and Waltrip trying to dive beneath him. They go down through turn three with still Lenny Pond holding on to second place and staying in the same lap. But Darrell Waltrip is there knocking on the door. It's all coming together for the Buddy Parrott crew and Darrell Waltrip here in the past three or four weeks after Waltrip really had some things to say about his crew, took them out and gave them what for. Looked like the New York Yankees of a year ago on that team. Billy Martin and all. Here's Waltrip again up in three, getting down to the inside. It looks like he's going to make it this time, Barney. Nope. Got a lot of traffic ahead. In fact, there's about three or four packs of cars with four or five of them. Let's see what Darrell can do. Here they come back to the number one corner. He's got the inside groove, and he's got it if he can get around. Lenny uses up a lot of racetracks. Going to put him in behind the rookie driver, Ronnie Thomas. And again, Waltrip has to settle to keep him just about a car length ahead as he tries to put him a lap down right in front of you, Ken Squire. Phenomenal run by Darrell Waltrip thus far as they're lapping automobiles out of turn number four on the Virginia 500. Well, the accordion in the national standings is going to continue for a while if Lenny Pond has his way about it today. He is staying in second place, holding Darrell Waltrip back there, the leader, from putting him one lap down. Those two are running in a lap by themselves. Then a lap back is car number five, Neil Bonnet. And that's the story of today here at Martinsville, Virginia, as a Virginia driver is having a tremendous run. Lenny Pond, and the question is, can Waltrip's car stand the gap here for these final laps? We're moving toward 350, 150 laps left to run in just three laps from now. 347 have been completed, and the story is all Darrell Waltrip and Lenny Pond, as well as Neil Bonnet, who hangs right in here with the armor all dodge. Everybody galvanized by this battle between the two guys who fought so hard for Rookie of the Year when they both came up as freshmen, Lenny Pond and Darrell. Here's Waltrip down the inside, and he puts a fender on car number 54. They fight their way into the straightaway, and they're still banging each other down into the turn. Here's... He come right back at him. Walker hit him up there, and Pond cuts over on him and puts a little metal right back on him. Again, their door handle to door handle up the back chute. Oh, they're leaning on each other, and their crowd is up yelling and stomping. Here's 54. Pond still in front. Waltrip drives down on the inside. He comes up behind Cecil Gordon, has to come off the throttle for a moment. They're back in the main straightaway, and Lenny Pond just will not let him by. Say tempers were getting a little bit short here all of a sudden. Walker takes the inside groove, and again, Lenny just lays against him as they get in the corner, out of the turn, around Richard Childress. Again, a dead heat up the back shooting in turn three. Side by side they come. Here is Waltrip down on the inside. Pond just does not want to give him room. They're wheel to wheel out of turn four. Still side by side. Here they are down to the main straightaway. Heavy traffic in the number one corner. As they come back in, they'll move around. Baxter Price, Pond still out there. But, of course, Waltrip is the leader. He's trying to put Lenny Pond a lap down. And Lenny will have none of it. And Waltrip is really putting the pressure on him. And I can't understand why he's doing that, Ken. This late in the race, he has almost a lap lead on him, as it is. But he just won't give up to get around him. They almost touch in turn number four. Then Waltrip slides back in behind Lenny Pond, and the crowd is up and yelling and stopping as the Virginia driver, Lenny Pond, is continually challenged. Waltrip trying to put him one lap down. How about and Ken, that, while that battle's going on, Neil Bonnet is creeping back up on him, so he's going to get in the battle in a little bit. I remember he is at least a lap down. The number five Pond is at least a lap down, and here they are struggling up turn number four, and what a, what a fight this one is. Well, this crowd is still on their feet down on the south end of the track. This time, Pond swings on the outside groove. Waltrip may get him up the back chute. They get together again, heading for turn three. And they're into lap cars with Dave Marcus directly in front. Oh, here's Waltrip moving way out, and Pond goes up in the marbles before he can retrieve it. 
So Carr, number 88, now has one lap on the field. Waltrip has put number 54 a lap down. What a fight this one is. It really put Lenny Pond out in the marbles, Ken. The old Gatorade car of Darrell Waltrip made it three wide racing in turn number three and four, and Lenny had his hands full just gathering the car back in to go to the start-finish stripe. Waltrip has marks all down the right side of the automobile. It's all slashed up with the black marks of the racing tires on the side of the car as they're back in turns one and two and lapping David Pearson. The fifth-place automobile at the present time, as well as Ed Negree in car number eight, who's running back in unofficially 18th spot right now. Lenny, do you really have to lay on each other like that to gain a position? Well, this is true. You know, especially if somebody's trying to block you or hold you off, you know, really trying hard. It's uh, real tight to get by, and sometimes you do have to rub a little bit or bump a little bit, but, you know, this is short track racing, really, is all it amounts to. And we're seeing a lot of it here in the last 10 or 15 laps as car number 54 and 88. They're both green and white, and they both have some orange piping on them, and they have shared it over the last 10 laps, Jack. You don't see it happen very often. A couple of green cars up there fighting for first place, and uh, the, the, the green is, is changing color lap by lap. And Lenny Pond, Ken, we, we seem to be talking more about Lenny than we are about Daryl, but it's just been such a tremendous ride for this guy from Chester, Virginia. And, you know, the fellow that everybody thought was done from racing last year, and he put the Win Incorporated team together with the help of his friend Mr. Rainier, and now he is here, and it won't be that long before he sees a victory lane, I'm sure. Well, he's trying to crack one today. It would be his first if he can pull it off. And Lenny Pond on home ground is still in second place. Waltrip is very much in command of this event now by a whole lap. Here's Darrell in turn number four. He'll be coming up to lap D.K. Ulrich in just a moment. Martinsville Speedway, we're watching David Pearson pit his car and Cecil Gordon's automobile. Second place cars on pit road, also Lenny Pond. Here's Pond on the backside. Coming in, crew chief Herb Nab working on that one. Jimmy Means is also in now as we're getting back into a pit stop situation. Let's Problems to... on the Pearson car. Yes, Can the, they helmet is, the helmet is off of uh, David Pearson. He's coming out of the car. He has rear end problems with the car number 21. That's the fifth place automobile. Pearson may be retiring a former winner here in the Virginia 500. Looks like he's going to call it a day right now. Quick stop for Lenny Pond. In and out on the back pits, 15.22 seconds. He is running a lap down to car number 88, Waltrip. It is phenomenal that Waltrip has run. Remember all the trouble he had at the beginning of the race? Well, it's sorted out very much in his direction at the present time, Barney. Yeah, the same thing happened at North Wilkesboro last weekend in the early laps of the race up there. They had gone with the wrong setup on the car, so to speak. He almost got a lap down, but he came back to win it. He told me earlier this week that he likes to come from behind. He said he's had a lot of guys say some of the races he's won this year that you don't have the fastest car and you won, you're lucky. But he says he doesn't see it that way. The car right now is working just unreal here at Martinsville. Waiting to see if Darrell Waltrip can keep this gathered up to go the distance this afternoon with 370 laps complete this time around. We pause now for station identification. 370 laps are now in the record book. 130 laps are remaining with Waltrip first, Pond in second, Bonded in third, Richard Petty in fourth, and car number two running in fifth spot. STP's Dodge of Richard Petty stays in fourth in the Shoney's restaurant car. Number two is right there with him as they come down the main straightaway. And after a very bad start today with a broken wire to a spark plug on car number two, which pitted the Australian machine for Dave Marcus early, he's come back and made a remarkable return in this race to be really running well. 
Anybody have any nominations yet for the uh, Goodies Award today? That $200 headache prize for the guy that has the most problems. And here's maybe a problem. Number two is coming in. This should be a regular pit stop, should it not, Ned? Yes, it should be a regular pit stop, and it should be his last one. They're going to the right side for a change of tires there, and, of course, filling it up with gasoline. Maybe Brooks has won the award for the year, Jack. Well, Richard Brooks, when we were talking about that SI article was standing by, fuming at the mouth. He said he had something he wanted to say. He was one of the participants in that activity in Charlotte. But he's already left us now, Jackie. He went down in the, the pit area a few minutes ago to check on something there. He thought maybe somebody might need some relief. Marcus is away in 16.71 seconds in the Osterlin number two. That car stays in the hunt, and it will move up again with the Pearson car falling out. It makes him the fifth overall. Sixth overall is number 17, Roger Hamby, the rookie. Seventh is Buddy Arrington. Eighth is James Hilton. Running ninth is Richard Childress. And going in the tenth position is car number 45, Baxter Price of Monroe, North Carolina. Those are the front ten now. Behind Price in the 45 would come car number 25, Ronnie Thomas, in the 11th position. And he's out of the race right now with a rear-end problem. They have the car jacked up. They're changing it. Ronnie's still in the car, but he's losing a lot of time right now. Richard Petty is in the pits. Back to Ned Jarrett. And this is a routine pit stop, a change of right-side tires. They're also checking those left tires because they did have some problems with the left side a little bit earlier, filling it up with gasoline. But I believe they're going to let the left side go and just go with the right side. It's good to see James Hilton showing in the top ten. You know, he's been sharing the chores all year with Al Holbert of Warrington, Pennsylvania. And I asked him yesterday if it was tough to switch back and forth between being a mechanic and an active driver. No, it's uh, really kind of hard because, you know, you can't get yourself oriented whether you're a driver or a mechanic, but I guess it'll work itself out. The STP Dodge. What has been your response, though? How do you feel about the concept, you know, that, that you've been doing this year? Are you happy with the deal that you've cut? Yeah, things are going real well, and I think really it's helping both of us uh, because, uh, you know, I see some things by working in the pits that I can adapt to the car, and it kind of uh, re uh, renegotiates the, you know, for setting the car up, and I think both of us are, are running better by, you know, switching around. The leader is in the pits. Waltrip hitting his automobile. And this should be his last stop. They're going to the right side, of course, filling him up with gasoline. Now that they've moved higher on the racetrack, as was mentioned a little bit earlier, they seem to be getting a little bit better tire wear and no problems with them. Of course, Waltrip was one of the cars that did not have tire problems. He's down off the jacks and running in, what, about 15 seconds? 13.7 seconds. 13 and 7 ten seconds stop for Waltrip back underway. As he, he comes off the track, here comes Letty Pond right behind him, and he's going to be less than two seconds behind. So they're gathering it back up again. Well, he should be a lap in two seconds because Pond had made his pit stop and Waltrip had lapped him on the track, so he should be a lap in the distance between them. Next time around, 120 laps to go. Gee, the luck of this Waltrip crew after having some real misfortune at the top of this race has all gone the other way. The dice are just sevens and elevens from here on in for Darrell Waltrip, and as Barney pointed out early on, he was getting crunched and hit and banged around out there. He looked like the last pin in the bowling alley for the first part of the race, but it's straightened out for him now, and he has this lead. Here is Lenny Pond coming back after him, trying to get back in the lead lap. Buddy Arrington having a phenomenal run today. The local driver stays in the seventh position. Buddy Arrington in a Dodge Magnum out of Martinsville, Virginia, here in this Virginia 500, staying in the struggle for the $110,000 first prize. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Ronnie Thomas, one of the top rookies this year, is in the pits right now, but they're working on the car. Ronnie, your problem. 
Well, Ned, we got rear end trouble again. Uh, same thing we've had at Bristol and Wilkesburg, and it's really cost me. A, I tell you, it's cost me probably an eighth-place finish because that thing was really running today. What causes all the rear end problem for you? Ned, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. All our gears, our gears have been running through the years, and uh, they just get old and won't hold up. Uh, it's just one of those things. Well, good luck to you the rest of the race. Thank you, Ned. And I want to thank my sponsor, Louise Smith, for helping me out down here because without her help, I'd been running back a lot further. Okay, Louis Smith, the former driver on the NASCAR circuit many, many years ago. That's right. You talk about your women drivers. Louise was out here long before. Did you run against Louise, Ned? No, actually, she drove before I did, uh, Ken, so that does go back when. I don't mean to age her by any means. Yeah, she'll Neil like is in the pits right now. Let's make a comment about that. The third-place car for a change of right-side tires. He's off and away in 13.30 seconds. The standings are as follows. 88, Waltrip is in first. Lenny Pond is in second. Then running third is the car number five of Bonnet with Richard Petty in fourth. And the separation is a lap between 88 and 54. They are a lap apart, and then it's three laps back between 54, Pond, and the third-place car, number five, Bonnet. In the fourth spot is Petty. Then in fifth is car number two, Marcus. In sixth is Arrington, up a spot. In the seventh spot is Roger Hamby, while eighth, moving up a position, is James Hilton. Running ninth is Richard Childress, and running tenth is Baxter Price, while the eleventh position is Jimmy Means, and going twelfth is, is car number eleven, Kaylee Arborough. Running in thirteenth is car number fifteen, Bobby Allison, and I would think that at this point, car number seventy-two might be showing in 14th. Remember, he's back in there about 40 laps down, as is Kale. So uh, those two top guns both had the rear ends heat up, both had to come in and have them changed. Far more dramatically was the Arborough stop as the car caught on fire. Good job by the crew here at Martinsville. Only two, three, two caution flags thus far this afternoon, Jack. Three. Three cautions thus far on the day. So car number 72, Benny Parsons, number one in the country, is back in a, we'll say unofficially, 14th right now. And then would come number 64, Almo Langley, behind him at this point. 390 is this point. 110 laps remaining here this afternoon as the Winston Tour is playing to 35,000 people. A record crowd in Martinsville, Virginia for the 23rd annual Virginia 500. Next off, it's the Winston 500 at Talladega, Alabama. And on that program on Saturday, May 6th, will be a sportsman race of 300 miles with that national championship battle for the sportsman really heating up. That's May the 7th, the Talladega 500. Then coming the Mason-Dixon 500 at Dover Downs, Dover, Delaware, Sunday, May 21, May the 28th, the World 600 at the totally renovated, sparkling and sharp Charlotte Motor Speedway in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 11th, Riverside, California, then June 18th, traveling north to Michigan International Speedway just outside of Detroit, Michigan, up in Brooklyn, Michigan for the Gabriel 400, and coming up, of course, on the 4th of July, the one and only Firecracker 400. What do you think, Jack? Can Waltrip sustain this amazing pace he's setting down, and how are we doing on records now? It would look as if if Darrell Waltrip finishes this race, Ken, he'll make liars out of everybody that says you need to nurse a car here to make 500 laps because he has flailed and physically abused that machine, that Gatorade Chevrolet, all since the beginning of the race, much the same way Cale Yarbrough. I swear, if we were blindfolded and someone was describing this, you might say that that's the way Cale Yarbrough was driving out in front there. The car, it, it's a tremendous discredit to Buddy Parrott and the crew if it lasts for 500 laps the way Daryl Waltrip's putting it through its moves today. 
Well, we've seen Jimmy Hensley in here make some very good runs as a local driver, but we've certainly got to give some credit to Buddy Arrington today, who's just doing a magnificent job with car number 67. That Dodge is working well, and he keeps it right up in the top 10. He's currently shown as in the sixth position. How about it in turn number one, Barney Hall? This number 88, Waltrip, is looking as if it's the first lap of the race, and he's had no problems whatsoever. Well, he's, he's learned me one good lesson, Ken. We were speculating a little bit earlier. Remember when he was running Lenny so hard to put him a lap down? He knew what he was doing because at this late stage in the race, to get Lenny a lap down with just one pit stop remaining, if the race stayed green, give him one heck of an advantage. Pond has got to pass him twice now to win this race. So that's probably the reason he really just laid on his bumper and hung in there until he finally got around him. But the car has worked magnificently for him all afternoon. He's found a good line through the corners. He's staying off the concrete, at least in this end of the speedway. And since he's been doing that, he hasn't had any tire problems. He gets off the corner good, and he gets into it good. And he's probably the most, well, we won't say cocky. He has more optimism about himself and his ability and, the, and his crew than any driver here. And that makes a big difference when you go into a race to feel like you're the best driver in the bunch. At the Martinsville Speedway, there are just 100 laps to go this afternoon. 100 laps remaining today, and it is Darrell Waltrip Day at Martinsville, Virginia, through 400 laps. He's picked up another $1,000 prize, and the Gatorade Chevrolet is running like a prize right now. The STP Dodge is not doing too badly either, Ken, and it's been a tough year for the Richard Petty team out of Randleman. And with that in mind, I asked Richard if he was as enthused about racing and winning now as he was when he started way back there when he drove a team car for his father, Lee. Well, I'm probably more enthused now about trying to win than I was when I first started about winning because when I first started, I knew that, you know, it was going to look forward to trying to win. The way it is now, I have won before, so I know how it feels, and I know it feels good, so I'm, I'm really jacked up about trying to win some more. The car number five, Neil Bonnet's Armorall Dodge, is still in third position. Uh, and Ken, there's not as much smoke coming from that car as there was about 100 laps ago, and they didn't do anything to correct smoke when he made his pit stop. They just changed tires and put in gasoline, so maybe he just had a little oil leak or something along there for a while that caused some smoke, but right now there doesn't seem to be too much smoke coming from it. He's beginning to apply a lot of pressure to Lenny Pond as well, Ken, as they work turn number two. Now, there is a lap separation between those two, one lap between number 54, Lenny Pond in second, and number five, Neil Bonnet running in third, being shown in the same lap with Richard Petty at the present time. We may have another record. Jack's thumbing through the record book right now. Bonnet just hasn't had a good year. His best finishes have been six places thus far this season. Uh, he pulled one of those off uh, on a short track over at Richmond earlier this year. Then he came right back and did it again in the Carolina 500 and uh, had another sixth place when they came to the Southeastern 500 at Bristol. But he's running third today, and, and that's a little more optimistic than things have been for the Harry Hyde, Jim Stacy crew. We have dropped another track record, and this is an old one, Ken. The 1971 track record held by Donnie Allison at 77.708 miles per hour. The new track record belongs to Daryl Waltrip, 80.203 miles per hour. And that's at 400 laps. We have now completed 495 laps remaining. Uh, the standings as of 400 laps are as follows. It's 88, Waltrip, a lap unto himself for the first spot. Then comes Pond in second, Bonnet in third, Petty in fourth, well back of him in fifth, several laps down is Connor to Neil Bonnet. 
in six is Arrington, seventh is Hilton. Hilton is still moving up. James Hilton has come in the last 20 laps up into seventh from ninth position. In eighth is, is Bobby Allison. Allison is now shown number 15 as eighth, and they've been uh, doing some numbers on Allison here today in the scoring. They had him way back at one time behind Kelly Yarbrough. They now show him as eighth. Then in ninth is car number three, Richard Childress, and the tenth position is Baxter Price with the eleventh position, car number 52, Jimmy Means, and running in twelfth is Kale. 13th, Benny Parsons at the present time. Those are the standings. There have been two caution flags, Ken, for a total of 12 laps is what we're being shown now. Arrington still stays up here in sixth position with about 90 laps to go. This is his almost as good. He's had two fifth-place finishes here, the local driver. In 1969 and in 1965, Buddy Arrington wheeled a car home in fifth, and in 1967, he was ninth. But uh, this will be right up in there for Arrington. And, of course, the local fans, they, they like that. Well, they like it, too, because as soon as Buddy's done here, he'll go back to that Union 76 gas station. He'll be there to pump gas tonight before they close. <laughs> 88 Waltrip in front with now 90 laps remaining here in the $111,000 Virginia 500, the ninth stop in the 30 race Winston Cup Grand National Tour for 1978, which moves on to Talladega, Alabama. What a thunderer that's going to be on Sunday, May 7th at the world's fastest racetrack. And the way the way Daryl Waltrip's been running lately, Ken, you know, he was just totally disheartened when he came to Daytona and he won three races, but not the big one, the Daytona 500. And I would imagine that he is just can't wait to get back to Talladega and lay one on the rest of these competitors. I talked to him on Friday about what kind of a car he was going to take. He chose to stick with the Monte Carlo for Daytona, and that car is not considered to be one of the better uh, aerodynamic design cars for a high-speed racetrack. But he was doing super well with it at Daytona, and he says that they are going to take that same car to Talladega, hoping that it will do the job for him there. I understand AJ is coming back with the Buick, too. Foyt will be there in a Buick, and he has a few scores to settle, he feels, as well. And, of course, he holds the record at over 224 miles an hour for a lap on that track. I mean, that's how fast that track can be. With 410 laps complete, we can give you a more in-depth look at how this auto race is going today on the half-mile Martinsville, Virginia Speedway. The Virginia 500 in its 23rd running has Darrell Waltrip leading by a lap over car number 54, Lenny Pond of Chester, Virginia, in second. Then three laps back in third, and the battle is beginning to be enjoined there between the two Dodges, number five. Neil Bonnet in third, and Richard Petty about eight car lengths behind him in fourth. In fifth is car number two. He's several laps further back, Dave Marcus. Then in sixth is Buddy Arrington. In seventh is Roger Hamby. In eighth is Bobby Allison. In ninth is Hilton. Running tenth is Richard Childress. The eleventh place car is Baxter Price. The twelfth place car would be Cale Yarborough. Thirteenth on the field is car number 52. And that's Jimmy Means' car, showing as 14th is car number 64, Elmo Langley, and showing as 15th is car number 8, Ed McGree, with 16th is 74. That's the Chuck, ba the uh, Bobby Wolwak Boer car, Boer now driving, and following him at number 40, D.K. Ulrich, and notice that 72 Parsons was not shown in that gathering. Now, I would say that Parsons is beyond the 64 car at this time. We'll have to wait for a word from scoring on that, but 
but they are not showing 72 up in there. And he wasn't with four or five laps behind Cale Yarborough, and he's turning very good laps at the present time. Again, Yarborough is being shown in 12th position. Jack? Richard Petty having his share of problems trying to close on Neil Bonnet as they are on the same lap going for third position. Bonnet being shown in third. Petty just 1.6 seconds behind him, and he has not been able to close despite some race traffic. Here's number 15, Allison, still out here struggling with the Thunderbird today. I tell you, he'll be glad to get back to Alabama and Talladega with that T-Bird, which, as everyone recalls, pulled off that masterful victory starting 33rd and winning the Daytona 500 this year. But here today, it has not gone Allison's way at all, nor has the weekend. He went over to Southside, a local track to run on Friday night, had a wonderful time watching it rain. Uh, Jack will bring you up to date on the story of Virginia racing, which is really the story of Sonny Hutchins. If you can believe this, nine out of ten races are Hutchins races. That story's on the Goodyear Racing scoreboard coming up later. But Sonny Hutchins in the Emanuel Zervakis car is having just one heck of a year. 422 laps are down in this event this afternoon at Martinsville, Virginia, with still Waltrip flogging this Gatorade car around this track and making it look like it was in the first 10 or 15 laps. I can't believe he can keep the tremendous pace up and not have something come off that race car. The car, as we mentioned earlier, came in with still some of the bumps and bruises from North Wilkesboro showing on the side, but underneath it was mighty fresh and perky and is staying well out in front of the field here now. Darrell Waltrip, I asked him, does he have to, for 500 laps, does he have to nurse it in terms of a driver? Do you have to lay back a little bit? Well, you got to pace yourself. Uh, it's a grueling race to run a 500-lap race on this little bitty racetrack. It's hard on you uh, physically. It's hard on you mentally because you're fighting traffic constantly. Uh, a little bitty narrow racetrack with really only one groove that you try to make two out of. And people nerfing into you and you got to nurse the brakes and you know it, it's a real real hard affair to run 500 laps i'd rather run 500 miles at any major speedway than to run 500 laps here i don't think he'd want to say that right now though with the lead he's got and the way he's been in command of this event Ken, one of the rookies, uh, Roger Hamby, who was running up in the top ten, and Ronnie Thomas was very concerned about his chances of being the rookie of this race. Now Roger Hamby is out with the rear end problem. They're replacing it. We hope to get him back in. Meanwhile, Ro Ronnie Thomas has the rear end replaced in his car, and he's back out on the track running. So that will mean that car number, the car of Roger Hamby, which has been showing very well in the standings, is going to be sliding back here as we get down in the final part of the standings this afternoon. The Hamby car had been shown up in the seventh position, and that car is falling out of the top ten here at this time, and that battle for Rookie of the Year is really heated between Thomas and Hamby, and is going to continue that way, I'm sure, throughout the year. And you can look for Chuck Bound to really tighten things up for Rookie of the Year honors as it rolls down to that last race of the season in Ontario, California. Here is car number 88, all scarred up. Big black tire marks down the left side of the automobile, down the right side of the car as it trucks into turn one. Again, he said in victory lane at North Wilkesboro last week, I asked him about Martinsville this weekend. He said he needed to win another race here, that he won a clock here a couple of years ago, and he said it was about wore out, and he needed to win this one to pick him up another clock, as the winner here always receives a beautiful grandfather clock from Clay Earls in the Speedway. I've never seen anybody drive that hard for a grandfather clock, have you? You must have it souped up or something to wear one out. Nobody else has worn one out since the day they started giving them away 20 years ago. 430 laps are down, 70 laps remaining. Waltrip still very much in command of this race. 
Darrell Waltrip in first, and the Virginia driver Lenny Pond in second, waiting for something to strike down this Darrell Waltrip automobile. But it looks like nothing is going to bother Darrell. You can't say that, however, you know how racing goes. Even in the last lap, all of a sudden we saw it happen yesterday. Number 79, smoldering some, and here's number 54, Lenny Pond, back in the pits. I wouldn't have thought he'd had to make another pit stop, Ken. They're going to the left side for a change of tires on the car number 54, and Frank Warren is smoking quite a bit as he goes into turn one. Rear end is cooked on Frank Warren's native tan Dodge. I think he should have put the native tan on the car instead of on himself for today's race. Lenny Pond, number 54 is out of the race. Pons, number 54, came into the pits, and now there is caution on the track. I'm not sure for why the caution... It should be the car number 79. It might be some grease on the track as a result of the car number 79, who was blowing a lot of smoke just a couple of laps ago. Ken, it was quick service, 13.5 seconds. The stop on Lenny Pond, they dropped it off the jack. He rolled out about 12 feet, and the car just came to a complete stop. They backed it up, worked on it again. The same thing happened 15 feet beyond his pit, and now they've pulled it behind the wall. And they also have full Kale Yarbrough's car number 11 behind the wall. He was having rear end problems again with that car. He was going to try to nurse it the rest of the way. I think he's probably pulled it in now to put some fresh grease in it, hoping that he can go the rest of the way just by nursing it. Jack? Well, as we watch this caution flag, some of the drivers taking a quick exit, too, as we see Dick Brooks and David Pearson scooting across the racetrack as they've had failures on their machines. And again, the ugly head of the rear end problems here. And Ned, it just seems that there's been an abundance of them today, more so than any other race we've covered here. Yes, I, there definitely has been a bigger problem. And one thing is, Jack, they're running such low gear ratios. They're turning the engines quite a bit more. They've got the engines to where they can get endurance from them by turning them extremely high RPMs, above 7,500. And, of course, when they do that, we got a traffic jam coming down pit road, a tremendous traffic jam. Richard Childers, Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet, and Richard Petty, and, and Benny Parsons, and Buddy Arrington, and Cecil Gordon, all trying to get into the pits at one time. Now they get sort of strung out. But what we were saying about the rear ends, the the fact that they do gear them so low and putting that much power to the the rear, it, it creates a lot of heat and uh, it's just hard on them. Now, Benny Parsons, of course, has had trouble. He had to change rear ends, but Benny can only, well, maybe we shouldn't say blame it on himself, but one job that Benny does do in the shop as far as the maintenance of that automobile is in setting up the gears. He does all of that by himself. Well, I think we're going to see Waltrip take another shot at pit road. He bypassed it the last time with that traffic jam that Ned was describing. He is now in. And the last time they came by under green, he let two lap cars go by him on the inside. And for a moment, I thought he was in trouble. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Buddy Parrott's talking with him now. Ned? I'm sorry, Ken. I was, I was busy at something else here, and I didn't get your question. Well... I wonder if we can keep an eye on car number 88. Waltrip, the last time by on green before that caution flag was thrown, let two lap cars in turn four go beneath him, and it's the first time he's let anyone go beneath him, and I wonder if he just realized that uh, his chief adversary here, Lenny Pond, was in trouble and he could take a breather, or if there were some problems developing on his car. I would say that that would be the case, that he, he was in position to breathe just a little bit. They've come back in for a change of left side tires, and it looks like that those tires, as they take them off now, uh, from my vantage point here that maybe they, they were worn down definitely and maybe had just a little bit of blister on them so I'm sure that he was uh, slowing down to not have to make a pit stop under the green. So Waltrip coming around someone called from the uh, Waltrip fan club today. Daryl won his first race for Gatorade here. 
terminal transport car won at Nashville, the old car number 17, right, Jack? Yeah, that was his first win Orange, on the white Cup. Blue car, right. We're looking at the point standings for a moment. Darrell Waltrip, going into today's race, had 1,051 points and was six in the national standings. In fifth spot was Lenny Pond, 60, approximately 60 points in front of him, a little more than that. I'd say it was 63 points in front of him. And that uh, could go a wash here and bring uh, Waltrip up at least a position. Allison was uh, fifth in the standings with 1,144 points. Then came Cale Yarborough, 1187. He's having a bad day. Marcus, with 1,246 points, is really going to take a run at Benny Parsons, who has been suffering through the day. He's better than 40 laps down as we get down to the end of this one. Waltrip's car number 88 in a lap by itself. We have completed 439. The caution flag for debris and some oil on the track. Buddy Arrington is pitting once again with car number 67. He is shown in six, and it could be before this afternoon is over. He'll be up further. Now they're pushing number 54 back out. They had pulled it down. Let's see if they're going to try to get this car. Pond is still in the automobile. Ned, anything we, more on we that? We have a report that the rear gearing is bad on that car also. Well, they're trying to get him out. He is trying to roll the car out, and if the gearing is going awry on car number 54, the win automobile, it starts out. He Certainly they have not had time to change the rear on that car. I would have thought that once he, as Jackie Root mentioned, he made a tremendous pit stop, and, and it looked like he was going back on the track, and then he couldn't go. I would have thought that he couldn't get it in gear. Maybe it might have been the transmission. We'll check further on it. The Winston 500 coming up at the Alabama International Motor Speedway on May the 7th, Sunday. Then the Mason-Dixon 500, Sunday, May 21. The World 600, May 28. The Riverside Napa 400, June 11th. The Gabriel 400 at Michigan International Speedway, June 18th and July 4th, the Firecracker 400. Lenny Pond's automobile took about a half lap, came down the main straightaway, and at the far end of the pits where the uh, cars exit the pits down near turn number one, he pulled it back in, in the view of Barney Hall. And we have reconfirmed that it is the rear gearing on Pond's car. How does it look down there now, Barney? Well, they're just all gathered around the car. They don't appear to be doing anything to it, Ken. I don't imagine he'll go back in. That's a tough break for him because he feels like they're due to win. He has confidence in Herb Knapp and the crew, and he has a tremendous amount of confidence in himself. And he felt like he could pull off his first victory here today, and he was in pretty good shape to do it. But he's had some bad breaks. Back to the tower. Maybe that's the goodies headache award today, Jack. He would be one of the prime candidates because it seemed like everything was going to go together with him. And he was a little pumped up after yesterday's victory by Bodine due to the fact that Jack Tant, who's the engine builder on Jeff Bodine's Modified, is also building engines exclusively for Bodine and Lenny Pond this year. Those are the only two cars he's working on. One car sets on the pole and the other car wins the pre-race, the 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 race the day before, and he was really pumped up that he could come home today. Jackie, uh, Waddell Wilson is the is the chief engine builder on Lenny Pond's Grand National car. Now, maybe it's on the sportsman car that that, uh, that the other fellow works on. You're absolutely right. My mistake. 443 laps have now been completed. Car number 88 is in front. And... Uh, they're going to give us a winner on the Goodies Headache Award, they say, at 450 laps. Might be a little premature, because there could be a big headache for uh, uh, Waltrip. Oh, I tell you, or for Bonnet out here before this one's over. Right now, we have car number 88 in front. That's Waltrip. And then, what, three laps down, the way the things stand? It's car number five, Neil Bonnet. 
for number 43, Richard Petty, now in second, and Neil Bonnet right behind him in third, and they are in the same lap. That's where the race will be between car number 43 and car number 5, the STP Dodge of Richard Petty and the Armor All Dodge of Neil Bonnet fighting for second place. Green is coming on, and they cracked each other, and I'll tell you, it bent up the nose on car number 5. Bonnet got into the back end of Richard Petty's car on that restart. You can see a little ding in the car as they get into turn number 1. Walter is about to get moved around by Richard Petty. He pulls up alongside as Petty tries to unlap himself down the back stretch. Well, this has got to be a tense situation for Waltrip. He has this race in hand. And he probably wants to let these guys go by. He has them by three laps. Doesn't want to mix it up with them at all. They're in a scrap for second position, 43 and 5. And if he gets in the middle of their warfare, he could get scalped out there. Here's car number two just barely in front of them. That is Dave Marcus running in fifth. He's actually on the point now. And here's Petty trying to get down underneath car number 88, Darrell Waltrip. Boy, if they get in contract and Waltrip takes for the wall, there's going to be some headlines tomorrow. Here they are at a turn number four. You know, for a race that is as stretched out in some ways as this one is, Jack, it's a dandy. It's one heck of a race, and it seems like every time we have a caution, everybody gathers themselves back up, and we just go for it. Here's Marcus, the fifth-place car, now leading 88 Waltrip down into turn three, and now Waltrip gets around him on the outside, and Marcus fights him off. He's not going to have any part of that. The Shoney Restaurant car, 43 and 5, still running nose-to-tail as they go to turn one. Well, Marcus is another driver. If he's a lap down or two laps down, he won't give you an inch out of racetrack, and he's making Waltrip really work to get out in front of the pack. Meanwhile, Richard Petty has fallen back about two car lengths now, and Neil Bonnet is creeping up on Petty for that second position. Cale Yarborough has come back on the track. Yarborough number 11, which is in the pits, has returned to the track. 88 Waltrip is around. Marcus in the number 2. 43 Petty. And car number 5 Bonnet. Remember how those two had that great final lap showdown at Ontario Motor Speedway? At the end of last year, well, here they are side-by-side side in turn two, Barney. Out of the number two corner, and Bonnet sees an opening. He takes it. Marcus gives him a little ground. It's door-to-door, and they lean on each other a little bit right in front. Oh, they hit in turn, and Bonnet goes right over Petty's car, and he goes in the wall. Bonnet rides over. He keeps on coming. Front and all torn up, as is Richard Petty's Dodge. Neil Bonnet drove the right side tires right up over Richard Petty's front end. You could see the bottom of Bonnet's automobile as they got in contact. Now, there was a lap car in there. It was Dave Marcus. They were winning there three abreast into that third turn. No way that three cars can go in there as fast as they were running and make it. Ken Bonnet has shredded that right front tire. He's going to have to pit. Richard Petty may be able to continue without it. Let's see. His left front fender is smashed completely. It looks like it's off, but it's just smashed in against the frame. It might be rubbing just a little bit. I think he'll catch up to the caution car. They'll probably come in and take a look at it. Flat tire right side for Neil Bonnet's automobile, and that is as close as we've seen anybody to getting on their hat here at Martinsville in some time, Jack. It was a heck of a crash cannon, and neither of them wanted to give ground. They both stayed on the throttle, and that was what really got them up in the air. As soon as they started to spin, they did not back out of the throttle. They stayed in it all the way around the turn. Ken, uh, while, we, while we have this break and they, they pit uh, Neil Bonnet's car, they have him off of the jack now with the new right side tires that pulled the sheet metal out, and he's off and running, and I don't believe he lost a lap. Anyway, he got out in front of the caution car this time. Here with us is Lenny Pond, the hard luck driver of the day. Lenny, you really had her going good, and then she quit on you. Well, Neil, we did run real good. Uh, you know, it looked like Daryl had us all beat a little bit, and I made it. I tried to make it hard on him when he come up to get the lap on it, but... Uh, you know, he finally got it, and there wasn't nothing we could do about it. He just had his feet. Well, you fellas changed a little bit of paint out there, too, during that time. Well, we did, but, you know, it was only racing. Daryl didn't do anything to me that I wouldn't have done to him. He just tried to get by. 
and I tried to keep him from doing it with, you know, doing everything I could except trying to, you know, really do something dirty to him. And, you know, he just finally got, got me in the right spot and got by, and that was all there was to it. Lenny, we've commented here that we've, you had rear-end problems, and so many cars had rear-end problems here today, more than we've ever seen before. What's the problem? Well, Ned, I don't really know. You know, I've lost a rear up there once before. It's the only time I've ever lost it. And uh, Herb's been up here a lot of times with his gears and hadn't lost him. And I don't know. It just must be the day for rear end. That's all. Well, better luck down at Talladega in a couple of weeks. Thank you a lot, Ned. Uh, Ned, I'd like to, you know, thank all my crew. They've really done a heck of a job today. And I guess the time we lost today, I lost it on the racetrack. So I'll have to do better next week. You didn't lose much time on the racetrack. Lenny Pond. Well, Petty and Bonnet are both back on the track, as we heard from Neil Bonnet, who just got a great ovation when he came in, and now there's an ovation for Petty as he comes down, and that war for second place is going to heat up in just a moment. 453 laps complete here at Martinsville, Virginia this afternoon. 18 cars still on the speedway. As they come around, there will be 47 laps to go. Waltrip is in front, then Neil Bonnet is in second right behind him with his badly crashed car and Richard Petty. Those two almost getting them, uh, getting Petty upside down a few moments ago in a wild onslaught as they try to get around the lap car of Dave Marcus. Here we go again. The green is back on. 454, now complete. It's Waltrip in the lead as they go to turn one. Waltrip leads him out of the number two corner. Bonnet sits right on his bumper. Then between Bonnet and Richard Petty is the car of Dave Marcus. Those were the three cars entangled up in that third corner. Petty gets around him, and here he goes. He'll be trying to catch that number two position of Bonnet. Neil Bonnet's front end all snarled and snangled up. It's really been crunched. Petty missing the whole right fender, and the front end of his car bashed in now from this altercation in turn four, and they ran over each other. The battle-scarred cars of Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty waging war for second place. Jack, what about that 450 lap mark? Did we get a new record there? Indeed we did. 78.397 was the track and race record was the, the record that has been posted today by Daryl Waltrip, the old record set in 1971 in a Petty Plymouth. Richard Petty, 77.817 was the old record. Car number 88, Waltrip in the back straightaway, five seconds behind him, and uh, lap down is car number five, Neil Bonnet in second with Richard Petty, 10 car lengths in back of him, running in third. The fourth place automobile on the track is car number two, Marcus continuing to move up the standings here. Then in fifth is car number 67, which is Buddy Arrington, which is as good as he's ever finished on this racetrack. In the sixth position is Allison. In seventh is Hilton. Eighth is Richard Childress. And running ninth is car number 45, Baxter Price of Monroe, North Carolina. That's one of the best finishes if he can hold on that Baxter Price has had in his brief Winston Cup career as well, number 45. Wish him well here today. And Ken, in uh, typical Petty, uh, sportsman-like uh, attitude. We went down and asked Maurice Petty what uh, he thought of that situation up on the fourth turn. He said, well, he said it just looked like one of those things that you run into on short track racing. He said it just made an exciting race out of it, didn't it? I tell you, there's going to be some hot fans when this one's over that came here to see Petty today. I think he got nailed, and there'll be some uh, Neil Bonnet fans that think that Petty should have let off a little, but that's racing, and particularly on a short track, and that was, as I say, as close as we've seen in a long time, Barney, to seeing one of these Grand National cars on its roof anywhere, but on a half-mile track in particular. That could happen so easily here if you, if you get in the corner as hard as these guys are, and you get a bite on somebody's fender, it'll climb right up over the hood, and that's almost what it did. It got underneath Petty's car and just literally picked it up off the speedway. I don't think there's too much hard feelings between these two. They expect that sort of thing here at Martinsville on any of the short tracks. That's why it makes such great racing on the Winston Cup circuit when the fans have a chance to see them kind of lean on each other a little.
Martinville and Bristol and some of the other short tracks. I'm sure when they got into that third turn that either of them would, would like to have been out of that position. But, uh, you know, once they committed themselves to go in there three abreast, Dave Marcus down on the inside, Neil Bonnet in the middle, and Petty on the outside, but there wasn't anything they could do but just hope for the best, and there just simply was not enough room for those three fast-running cars to make that turn. Well, what about it, King Richard? Do you really enjoy scrubbing fenders? Well, I don't really mean to. Uh, it's just kind of a deal that sometimes when I try to go in the hole, it's not as big as what I thought it was going to be or closes up when I got there. And the deal, you know, these cars are pretty big, and you're trying to, to run them on a small track, and uh, there's going to be some bent fenders. Uh, if I was on one of the fenders, I'd think something about it. It looks to me like some of the rest of them doing the same thing. But deep down inside, do you enjoy it when you can nerf a guy back and forth and know that it's kind of the code of the road here? Well, you know, uh, you don't really do it on purpose most of the time. Uh, every once in a while, some cat rubs you a little wrong, and you sort of let him have it a little bit. Here you can get by with it, and, and if you're careful, you don't don't really mess up either car. So uh, it uh, it's good sometimes to sort of take the frustration out and sort of bang on somebody a little bit from time to time. Well, they certainly took their frustration out here this afternoon. The cars look all wrapped up. It looks like a demolition derby on those two. 460 lap rundown has Waltrip in first. Then. A couple of laps down is number five, Neil Bonnet, running in second spot with Richard Petty in third, about ten car lengths behind him. In fourth, it's still Dave Marcus with fifth, Buddy Arrington and his Dodge. In sixth is Bobby Allison in the Norris Industries car. Then running in the seventh position is James Hilton in the Denby Plumbing Chevrolet. Going in the eighth position is the Kansas Jack car of Richard Childress, while in ninth, is Baxter Price. In 10th is Jimmy Means with uh, his Chevrolet. In the 11th position is D.K. Ulrich with car number 40, a Chevrolet. The 12th position is Kaylee Arborough. And running 13th is the rookie, car number 17, Roger Hamby, that Hamby Ellis car. Those are the standings as 460 laps were complete. We're coming up on 470 this time around with still car number 88 performing like one of those grandfather clocks they give away at the end of these races in Martinsville, Virginia. I wonder if we're going to get together one more time with uh, the grandmasters of the get-together here today, Jack. Richard Petty and Neil Bonnet. Well, Bonnet seems to be lengthening his lead over Richard Petty. It was 1.64 seconds, and three laps later, he had made it up to 2.5. That has to take the starch out of the suspension and the handle. You can see Petty having to fight the wheel a little here in turn number four. Front end is just not traveling where he wants it to go now. It definitely changed the handling characteristics on that car as well it should. After the crash at Bristol last year where he tore up his ribs real bad, on the short tracks, Richard now wears kind of like a hockey player has the shoulder pads and the, the rib braces and he said he was going to put them on for this race because he didn't want to go through that kind of torture for the next six weeks if he got into an altercation as you say and I bet you he's glad he's wearing it today. Some altercation. Uh, he just won about two rounds out there with a heavyweight champ. He, Which one? Racing. Which one? <laughs> well take your choice. 473 laps are complete. Waltrip stays in the lead. Number five is still very much in second spot. Neil Bonnet with the Armor All car. And here's the STP Dodge of Richard Petty in third. In the fourth spot, it is Marcus several laps down. And Arrington at number 67 holds on in fifth. 
We are now less than 30 laps from the completion of this race. The question is how many more licks can these cars take? They have certainly been abused out here today. Now, these are the short track cars. We'll see the super speedway cars next at Talladega, Alabama, that May 6th and 7th weekend, the sportsman race on Saturday. Come on, that is probably the finest area for picnicking and bringing the family camper and having an outdoor time that you'll find anywhere in the world of auto racing. Somewhat 800 acres, and it's just beautiful for bringing the camper down and enjoying a great weekend of racing. 475, complete 25 laps to go as car number 88, Darrell Waltrip, continues to scorch this track in an unbelievable manner, and it looks like he is zeroing in on his third win of the season tell you, this guy is really putting it all together here this year. Kaylee Arborough winning that first race out at Riverside, then Bobby Allison winning two races, Benny Parsons picking up a couple of wins, David Pearson with a win, and now uh, uh, Waltrip with two late on. He took that Southeastern 500, the Staley 400. Looks like he's the king of the short tracks at the present time and seems to be on his way here this afternoon. 477 complete. Here he is lapping Cecil Gordon, who always has one of the sharpest cars on the track. The Transmissions Unlimited car. That really has taken a shellacking out there today, too, Barney. Well, I was just looking at the cars as they go through this first and second turn, Ken. The only car out there that doesn't have tire marks and places been in the side of it is car number 52, Jimmy Means. Everybody else has complete. Looked like somebody just stuck a black tire up against it, rubbed it all the way down the side of the car. The metal shoved in and front and the side. Jimmy Means has the only car on the speedway that's not kind of banged up. just had the voting come in on the Goody Headache Award. Goody's Headache Powder, one of America's leading headache remedies and a major sponsor here at Motor Racing Network, awarding $200 to the racing team or driver that experiences the toughest luck in today's race or in preparation for the event. And the award today goes to Lenny Pond, the Virginian, who really had it rough. He came out here and uh, it's a master size headache for both him and as well for Herb Nav. They tried so hard and they brought out a tremendous throng of Virginia followers who are so partisan to their drivers. They have some great short tracks down here. They've seen Pond on them. They wanted to have a good day. He took the pole, but it didn't go his way when it was over. The car just finally gave out on him, and Lenny Pond wins a, a small token of esteem from the press here today, voting very much in favor of Lenny Pond over Kelly Arborough, Hamby, Parsons, Marcus. <laughs> Somebody gave one vote to Darrell Waltrip. I, well, what for? I don't know. From Martinsville, maybe they think there's going to be a protest. Darrell Waltrip is seeking his 12th career victory in his 137th start this afternoon, tied for 25th in all-time Winston Cup Grand National wins. It looks like he's going to move up again, and he becomes the winning driver with three to his credit if he can keep it together through these last 16 laps of competition. A car very race-worn as we get down to the end, but the old Gatorade car is taking her licks and come back from that start. Who would have believed early in this race, Barney Hall, after that first 40 or 50 laps, that this 88 would be up here running as it is. He was slapped in the wall twice right down there by you. Well, he's, been, he's had a
had problems with traffic all day, Ken. Three or four of the other drivers have kind of banked into the side of the car, almost put him in a wall a time or two. Ty Scott's car chopped across in front of him, coming out of pit road. He almost T-boned that car, which would have definitely put him out of the race. And he's had some other minor problems. I think he cut a tire at one time, but it's all come back around for him. As we said earlier, he has the confidence in himself and the crew, and the car has just worked great. You can't take a thing away from him as a driver. A lot of people don't like his driving style. They say he's too cocky. He's a lot of other things. But when you put it all together, he's one whale of a race driver. He's proving it today. Well, his biggest payday to date has been $20,000 right here in the Virginia 500, which he won in 1976. Looks like he could put it all back and win as much today with those $1,000 rewards for the various 100-lap segments of the race, for the most part, all falling right in his lap. Here he is, completing now his 487th lap, this handsome driver, originally out of Owensboro, Kentucky, and Franklin, Tennessee, into the main straightaway, looking for win number 12 here this afternoon, and then it's back to the super speedway at Talladega for the Gatorade crew, and the Stokely Van Camp people are going to be thrilled about his performance again today. No question about that, and I'm sure that the Shoney Restaurant people are going to be happy with Dewey Lavengood's crew out of High Point, North Carolina, who have really cranked up Dave Marcus. Lavengood used to have Curtis Turner in the old days and Jim Pascal. Well, now he has Dave Marcus, and although they have not won a race, they continually are coming home with consistent, strong finishes, and today looks like a fourth place if it can hang together through 11 more laps with that beautiful blue, yellow, white numeral Osterlin car, which comes out of California. He is holding fourth, and there are now 10 laps to go. And if he can take it home, the Gatorade Chevrolet and the team of Darrell Walter will become the circuit's first three-time winner as we come to the close of the first leg of the Winston Cup standings with the Talladega 500, the Winston 500 next uh, May 7th. Again, uh, Cale Yarbrough today has crossed the $2 million mark for winnings in a career. He won that when he fired the car up and started out here today. His car caught on fire. Richard Petty has crashed upon it. They're both still going after they almost got each other on their hats up here in turn number four. The Lenny Pond automobile has made a tremendous performance here today and then had it all fall short in the last 100 laps. He wins the Goodies Headache Award, and certainly, if there was a hard luck driver today, it was Lenny Pond who was on the pole. First time he had ever wrested the pole away from these great Winston Cup competitors. He made it there, but he could not make it to victory lane in front of this record crowd of 35,000 people. And Darrell Waltrip, who has just been hot in the last month, with these amazing victories. Bristol, North Wilkesboro, and now Martinsville to his credit this year. Coming around, we have seven laps remaining. Let's go to let's go down to turn number one. Well, Walter Pesson cracked the throttle a bit, Ken. He's still running approximately the same laps he's been running in the 22-second range most of the afternoon. He's taking the same groove whenever it's possible through the number one and two corners. The car still just works perfect for him. And if he can hang it together, there's no way anybody can possibly beat him here this afternoon. The crew chief on that car, Buddy Parrott, for Darrell Waltrip. His wife is down there. She has to work on Sunday. She's selling tickets to Charlotte Motor Speedway today. We want her to know that in the Martinsville, Virginia International Clog Contest, held Clog Dancing Contest, held on Friday night, Parrott won, falling down only four times. One of his absolute best performances I've ever seen. They're going to be tickled pink. They'll be doing some dancing on this one with five laps to go. They are out in front. 
and you can see the excited crew getting ready to greet Darrell Waltrip, Buddy Parrott and company. He started back with that Harry Hyde, formerly a, a very fine diver in high school and college days, came into auto racing as a tire buster for Goodyear several years ago, has worked his way up, now crew chief, and that team has really strung it together after a poor start to the season. They're having a marvelous time right now, and they're going to put two in a row on the board if they can keep it together for four more laps. Here is Waltrip. It turns three and four, thrusting this car out of turn number four, mashes the pedal, comes down across the line, and heads down to the first turn where Barney Hall is. Well, there's a heavy pack of traffic right ahead of Elmo Langley's car, Roger Happy, and Benny Parsons. Let's see if he tries to work his way through them or just cracks the throttle in these final laps and settles for a position he's at on the track now. He's moving back into turn three. So with Pond out of competition today, Waltrip is really going to move up on him in the standings. The national standings after today's race will still probably see, and I say probably because you have to wait for that official tabulation of points. Parsons in first, Marcus right in there, tied in second behind him, really closing ground as we go to Talladega. Kaylee Arborough should sustain third, Allison fourth, but Waltrip will move in on them with this win today. He is running strong. Here he is, out of the turn, lapping the Walter Gale automobile, coming down to the stripe. White flag is out. This is it for Darrell Waltrip. Back in the number one car, he moves around. Jimmy Means' car takes the same groove out of the number two corner, up the back chute, cracks the throttle a little bit this time. The crowd cheering on as he goes down the back stretch and heads for turn three to get the checkered flag this time by. He is clear of all traffic. In front of him is the rookie, Hamby. He's coming out of turn four, and the crowd up on their feet, giving a tremendous ovation as the checkered flag falls for car number 88. Waltrip coming down home first. As he came out of turn number four, Ken, he just stuck his hand out the window and put up a finger number one, and he came across the stripe the winner. The 1978 Virginia 500 is history, and the winner is Darrell Waltrip. And now here's some current news involving you. More and more, you're buying gasoline according to price rather than brand. Nothing wrong with that if you know what you're getting, but millions of gallons of gasoline are sold daily without enough detergent additive to keep your carburetor as clean as it could be. New STP gas treatment improves the cleaning power of gasolines, leaded or unleaded. Pour a can of new STP gas treatment in with a full tank of gas, and it goes to work cleaning the carburetor. New STP gas treatment helps keep carburetors clean, too. New STP gas treatment also helps fight rust in the fuel system, helps keep intake valves and intake manifolds clean. So the next time you pump in the gas, dump in a can of new STP gas treatment, because if you want to be sure these days, you have to do it yourself. Let's go to Ned Jarrett, standing by with a winner today of $22,700, a record Virginia $500 payoff. Well, certainly a very hot young man as he unhooks his paraphernalia, but he's a happy fellow, winning his third race of the 1978 season. He's crawling out of his Gatorade Chevrolet. We'll have him here in just a second as it gets out. Daryl, congratulations on a fine run. Thank you, Ned. Uh, gee whiz, what can I say? Uh, the thing just really went good, and I had no problems, and you know, uh, I got a compliment to Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. They put some good tires on us today, and we run real strong all day long without any 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 problems whatsoever. You say you didn't have any problems. You had some close calls in the pits a couple of times and on the racetrack a couple of times out there when you almost got put in the wall early in the race. <laughs> well, shucks. I believe I was moving so fast that I got her up on people before they knew it, and uh, it caused me to get in trouble a time or two, but outside of that, everything went real good. How about Talladega in a couple of weeks? We're ready, Ned. We're ready for any kind of race anywhere, anytime.
You're going back with the Monte Carlo there. We're going back with the Monte Carlo we had at Daytona. It done a tremendous job, and we feel like it is going to be a super competitive car to run at Talladega. We certainly hope so. Okay, that's the winner, Daryl Waltrip. Stevie, his wife, you're proud of him, I know. I'm thrilled to death. We're going to make it three in Talladega. Okay, that's the words from the wife, and she's the one that drives him on. It's time for the Goodyear World Racing Scoreboard with results of racing from the United States and abroad. The Goodyear World Racing Scoreboard is brought to you by the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, makers of the GT Radial, with high-performance engineering on the inside and bold open white letters on the outside. Now for today's report, here's Jack Aroot. Well, the Winston Racing Series across the country at the late model sportsman and modified tracks of NASCAR are now underway in earnest at Chemung Speedrome. The first race under the NASCAR sanction went to Richie Evans on Friday night. At Nashville Speedway, the first late model sportsman feature, a 25-lapper, was won by Mike Alexander over Steve Spencer, who was the track champion, the Winston Racing champion for Nashville. Second feature saw Sterling Marlin win his race. Spencer finished second. Alexander came home in third. At Southside... Friday night, it was rain. Beltsville, Friday night, it was also rain. Langley Speedway, Tommy Ellis over Billy Smith and Bob Shreves. At Old Dominion Speedway, 9 out of 10 for Sonny Hutchins over Reds Cagle and Bill Dennis. Bobby Allison, by the way, finished in the 7th position. At the Hickory Speedway, it was Harry Gant, the winner, after some problems on the... Uh, on several of the cars that were leading up front, but Gant held on to take the victory. Kenny Roberts looking for three separate world championships in 1978, going to Europe to compete in the 750, 500, and 250 categories for world championship points, went into the third round of the Formula 750 championship at Brands Hatch, England. He had to come back after about an overnight stay in the hospital with food poisoning, took both 35 lappers to become the overall winner. Johnny Sokoto finished in second. That puts the Formula 750 standings after three events. Sokoto in front. Kenny Roberts, second, and American Steve Baker running in third. Yesterday afternoon, right here at the Martinsville Speedway, the Mod Squad from New England and from down south converged for a 150-lap event. It looked as if it was going to be a run between two drivers, Jeff Bodine and Richie Evans, who sat pole and outside pole, respectively, for the race. But on the break, it was Bodine who led the event in commanding fashion. Evans pitted early with a problem on the machine. Bodine came home in front, really no contest. Jeff, were you surprised at how easy it was to win the Spring 150? Richie Evans was running good in the beginning. I guess he had a flat tire. He pitted, but... Uh... After that, I was a little surprised I could stretch it out on him. It took me a few laps to get going, but after we got hooked up, it uh, seemed like I could stretch out a pretty good lead. Again, Bodine the winner. Richie Evans coming back to take second after a problem on the number 15 car, Wayne Anderson of Yafank, New York, who had looked as if he had second place all sewn up, only to have it go short by about two laps. He ran out of gas. Recapping for you today's results, the finish is in. The winner with $22,700, Daryl Waltrip, the Gatorade Chevrolet. Second place to the Armor All Dodge, Neil Bonnet. Third to the SDP Dodge of Richard Petty. Running, showing fourth finishing position, a strong finish for the Austrian team, Dave Marcus. Buddy Arrington takes fifth. Sixth spot to Bobby Allison. Seventh to James Hilton. Richard Childress takes eighth. Ninth to D.K. Ulrich. Jimmy Smut means finished in tenth. Finishing 
Racing in 11th was car number 45, Baxter Price. Kale Yarbrough limped home in 12th position. 13th spot to Roger Hamby. 14th to the Tommy Gale entry with... Elmo Langley in the Sunny King Ford, number 64, and in 15th finishing position, 15 cars finished the event, car number 8, and that would be Ed Negree. Darrell Waltrip led for three times for a total of 310 laps. Cale Yarbrough led twice for 133 laps. Car number 54, Lenny Pond, led twice for 57 laps. The time of the race, 3 hours, 22 minutes flat. The average speed, 78.052 miles per hour, and that is a new 500-lap record for the Virginia 500. The old record set in 1971, a Plymouth for Richard Petty, that record 77.815. A new track on the NASCAR circuit having been announced by Pete Keller this coming weekend. They'll be opening their first event, Johnny Williams, who prepares the South Alabama Motor Speedway on Highway 52 between Op and Kinston, Alabama. Their first race going off the line next Sunday, and we'll have reports from that racetrack throughout the summer. Stay tuned for future editions of the Goodyear World Racing Scoreboard, a feature of every Motor Racing Network broadcast. The Goodyear World Racing Scoreboard was brought to you by the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, makers of the Custom Guard GT Radio, the tire with bold looks, and the reputation to match. We might uh, mention here that no results are in yet on the Trenton race. Our next Goodyear Racing Scoreboard will be at Talladega, Alabama, on the weekend of May 7th, we certainly hope you'll be with us for all the results and the complete story of the spectacular competition there, as well as report from around the world and Formula One and motorcycles, wherever it's happening. Goodyear and Motor Racing Network will bring you the results. Our thanks today to Gerald Vaughn, production assistant, to Sonny Woody, our director, and to John Perlman, our pit runner today. It's been a marvelous day for Darrell Waltrip, who scores his third win of the 1978 campaign in grand style with better than a lap advantage over a Dodge second and third place battle that saw Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty really get it on in some old-fashioned racing, Jack. It just, it was typical Martinsville, Ken, the record crowd, the great weather, you know, weather was questionable. Clay Earls always puts it together, be it a late model sportsman, modified, or Winston Cup Grand National race, and it's just fun to come up here. It's a great race, and it's lovely to come here in the springtime and great to come back in the fall, and I hope many will be coming back for the Old Dominion at the end of the year. It's so pretty in the springtime with the azaleas in bloom and the dogwood and the picnic campers out. Glenn Wood had the, by far the record-breaking picnic of all time in the infield today. He said he brought three pickup trucks. One pickup truck to feed his crew and several other friends, one to feed the crew of car number 11, Kale Yarborough, and one pickup for Junior Johnson himself. It's been a wonderful time. It's been a hard race, but it's, it's been that camaraderie that we get when we come to Martinsville, Virginia, that is very, very special. Our thanks to the people of Martinsville, to Clay Earls, and to Dick Thompson for the marvelous job they do whenever we come here, and we certainly look forward to coming back in the fall for the Old Dominion 500. Jack, a final thought? Just looking out at the racetrack now, Ken, and you see these cars, and, they, you know, $35,000, $45,000 invested in these machines, and they are just torn to pieces. And that seems to be the benchmark when you go half-mile racing, especially here at Martinsville, and everybody just has fun doing it. Well, they'll be spruced up looking very smart when we move to May 7th, Talladega, Alabama. If you can't be there for the Saturday and Sunday confrontation of sportsmen and then Winston Cup Grand National cars, we certainly hope you'll join the Motor Racing Network. On behalf of Barney Hall, who's been covering the action with us today, the two-time Grand National Champion, Ned Jarrett in the pits, Jack Root, great to have you with us today. A great win for Darrell Waltrip, a sad day for the pole sitter, Lenny Pond of Virginia, who certainly gave it his all. Thank you for being with us. 
Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.